Hello, hello, priests in training. So we're going to be reading the next few chapters about setting up the priests in the wilderness to do all the God's work. We read a lot about God's house last time, which still amazes me about the quality and all the jewels and precious stones and fine linens that God used to make his house. And I was thinking how the world wants to make everything kind of utilitarian look, where they get rid of design, everything is unisex, everything is simple, which some of that's okay, but God's in his own house. He was very ornate about everything, even the candlestick where he made a lot of blossoms. Um, so now we're just going to see what how he trains his priests to carry out his work. How's it going, Mark? Pretty good. Yeah, that's a good point that... Uh... God likes gold. Gold so and fancy so jewels and gold, silver. Colors. Bling. He likes the bling. He likes the bling. <laughs> so that's, that's, I love that part because he could have made it like a simple 10, like go do your thing and sacrifice. But no, he made everybody participate, make very fancy skilled things. And he made his house in the desert. Like if you're going to have a tent in the desert, or wilderness you mm. might as well have a fancy one like this well one. he's the king he's the king and um everything kind of revolves around that and another you know another thing i was thinking about is uh you know we get to chapter 32 that's the golden calf incident oh yes yeah but uh moses thing is see moses uh, went up to the top of mount sinai chapter 24 and then so everything from 25 to 32 or 31 Everything, yeah, everything from chapter 25 to 31 is just God speaking to Moses. Yeah. So the people down below didn't hear any of that. Not yet. Like, you know, so, so, so while know. while this is happening, like the stuff we're going to read today and the stuff we read last time, while, like while God is talking to Moses about how to make all these things in great detail, the people below are making the golden idol at the same time. You know, they, we hear about it when we get to chapter 32, but they're actually making it already, really, in the story. We're just yeah. not told about it yet. Yeah, yeah, it's like they lost patience or... Yeah, so while while God is telling Moses how to make the uh, tabernacle and the priestly robes and all that stuff, at the same time, the people are down below making a golden idol. Yeah, doesn't he tell Moses, like, hey, go see what your people are up to? Um, That's at the end, yeah, at 31, yeah. he finally, he, at 32, he finally goes down and sees what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think, and we'll talk about that more later, but, uh, you know, I think that's just kind of the human condition, um, you know. I think human beings are born idolaters, and that's, kind of, like on my channel, that's one thing I I just kind of naturally kind of latched onto that topic, uh, kind of accidentally, really. I didn't, I didn't set out to start talking about idolatry, you know, yeah. um, on my channel, but that's kind of what I think is going on, ultimately, and it's... Well uh, it is actually, but they transform that idolatry to stars and musicians. Well, it's all—it's the creation, yeah, the creation, yeah. the, the cr creatures worshiping the creation, whether it's angels or uh, demons or you know stars, celebrities. You know, this is false worship, false worship of false gods. I uh, saw an article man. or somebody's video saying that Taylor Swift. Some uh, Christian now they're entering the church realm, the Swifties. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I didn't. What What's that all about? What's going on there? I have no idea. Is, is Taylor Swift like wonder. the new the new goddess or something? Yeah, they're saying what she does is a good thing for the church. Like they were comparing churchy stuff with how the followers are faithful. I don't know, but it was just weird. And mm. the guy who did the video did call him call him out that you know this was all false uh idolatry and even entering the church and stuff so it's happening yeah i mean it's a it's a five foot eleven man in makeup um, <laughs> but it's similar to like in jeremiah you know you will see greater abominations than these right and the priests are all practicing idolatry and worshiping pagan gods and stuff in the temple so yeah yeah well, it's, it's the human condition you know we're we're uh, it's a depravity of man still going on I, I think this this golden calf incident which i guess we'll talk about next time in more detail but that that's human history right there i think well yeah that's human history because that's human nature always want to go away from god and never closer yeah that's why we, that's why but things have changed with uh after the cross we have a ch we have a chance to break yeah. out of that actually the the priestly stuff that we're actually going to be reading now to set up the priesthood that actually kind of relates to what you were just saying earlier, the new idolatry and how they worship other things and stuff. Yeah, it's so kind of the same. know the what the true way was supposed to be. Well, I was going to ask, uh, do you have a photo of this ephod thing? Maybe we can just yeah. search for it as we, it, it's going to come up. And I don't know that we know exactly what, it, like, yeah, I mean, maybe well, it's something you know, like it's that. made of some jewels. I think that was described pretty well. Yeah, we'll just take a look at that. Uh, that's interesting. He's got that little thing there. That's that's actually used in the, I don't know what that thing he's holding on the right is. That's for the incense and all that. Yeah. That's used in uh, Masonic rituals, actually. <laughs> well, it could have been used for that's the pot they, although too. they call it they change a little bit but uh because the masons kind of they copy of this yeah the masons copy the um the, the the temple and the priesthood and all that that's you know the masonic apron right i think it's yeah. based on this actually so i think the masons you know, are, everything is a copy of what actually the bible says yeah i think the masons think they're like the Le levite priests or something i don't know but uh well it all comes from this skewed judaism slash something kabbalah and Masonic. it's all yeah. kind of well so anyway i just want to yeah we'll just take a look at that as we read about it i find this one of the the ephod is a strange thing for me it's it's a it's a weird thing it is a weird thing. Like that's how God's going to talk to them. Yeah, you know, like I need one. Then I'm like, okay, well, how do I dial in? All right. <laughs> Here we go. The priestly garments, Exodus twenty-eight, and bring near to yourself Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, so that they may minister to me as priests. Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar. Ithamar, Aaron's sons, you shall make holy garments for your brother Aaron for glory and for beauty. You shall speak to all who are specially skilled, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, and that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, and that he may minister to me as a priest. This is what I was talking about before. Uh, oh, yeah, but, yeah. I wanted to comment on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What do you think? Well, I was just thinking that that's the download of how they were all getting special skills see because it says who are specially skilled yeah. 
yeah filled with and that's you know the the new testament talks about being filled with the spirit and all this stuff but yeah and then if you go to church people are like you know they're waving their hands and they're like crying and screaming and yeah the crazy that's not what it's talking about it's being filled with the holy spirit is more about getting the the skill the gift the spiritual gift to be able to do the thing god wants you to do yeah, right. well, in this that's really what specific it's about. context, that's exactly what's going on, right? Because but even in the New Testament, um, I don't, I forget the verse, but I was reading about that this week, and uh, something Paul was saying about being filled with the Spirit, and then he goes on to give like a practical thing that they do with that Spirit that's in them is the spiritual gifts, you know? some knowledge or skill to carry out that task, whatever that. Well, it's is. like 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 for for a musician, you could say they have the gift of music, right? Yeah. I think it is a gift because not everyone can play music. Oh no! You, know, you, yeah, you can put twenty, <laughs> ten, put ten people in a room with a bunch of musical instruments, and only like two or three of them will figure out how to play them. You yeah, know? it's a special and, gift. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, if, so if I have a gift of music, but but yet I don't just pick it up and start playing Mozart. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to practice. I have to practice. I have to develop my skills. I have to learn the song. Like yeah. there's still a human, there's still a human part that I have to do. Well, that's true for all other crafts too. If yeah. you don't use it, you lose it. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. I still have to practice. I still have to uh, learn. I still make mistakes too. Actually, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like they're specially skilled, and they're kind of downloaded, but yet they're not like robots. You know what I mean? They're still human. They still have a part to play. They still have to, you know, and they they probably messed something up as they were making it and had to do it again, you know, something like that. I'm sure. And, but you know. God also gives like the levels too. Like, I'm sure even in my work, he could make me much better than I am. Um, but yeah. he lets me go through the process, you know, of learning and doing all that stuff. And I don't have a very good memory at all. So like everything I learn, I'm constantly learning that day. It's kind of <laughs> like. And then it's once the task is over, it's forgotten and done with, and something new comes up. So I'm constantly learning, and God gave me that gift to learn fast and, you know, on the fly, because I don't have any memory to store stuff from years ago. Everything I learn, is, it's like it's just a moments kind of thing. But yeah. I'm always amazed that I'm able to do stuff like where did that come from i think god just gives you wisdom for what you have but it may not be perfect like if you wanted to you could make me much much more than i was you know so i think in this sense though i i do think he gave them enough wisdom to carry out yeah he gave gave them like the um like like my brother is a mechanic i, I mean that's not really his job but he's, he's he could like he could like um take apart a car engine and put it back together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or is that, I, I just can't do it. You know, I, I wouldn't even try. I wouldn't even want to do it, <laughs> but for him, yeah. he wants to do it. He was doing that when he was eight years old. You know what I mean? Wow. Like he can't help it, but do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause God gave, you know, he, that's his special set of skills that he has, which yeah, is totally. funny because that's how everybody was supposed to interact anyway. Cause we're never, meant to do everything so that means yeah need that person thank god that somebody has those skills to do it right yeah and another thing too about these this uh, special um clothing for the priests you see yeah. the the other the other uh pagan religions also had that and they have that today as well 
And as I talk about on my channel, one of the special clothing they do, <laughs> what do you think that is? Women's clothing? I don't know. Yeah, they work they work clothing of the opposite sex. That's yeah. what they do in the pagan religions. It's the same concept as this, but it's it's like unholy garments almost, you know what I mean? It's uh the thing yeah, that God tells people not to do. Along the way, they made up their own gods and how to worship yeah. them. Yeah, that's their uniform. Like that's yeah. the, they're they they think of themselves in these these uh androgynous celebrities are in like a priesthood for Satan or something. And they wear clothing of the opposite sex. That's yeah. their deal. <laughs> well, if you think about it, all the stuff that they're doing to bring on a crowd, however that is, you know, celebrity status or that's they're actually ministering to their crowd. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're the and, yeah. Oh, people worship them. But the people want to go there and like people, people have to worship something. It's almost like in yeah. human nature, right? We have to have some kind of idol or god something, or something. bigger than us yeah yeah and so most people if it's not god then it's going to be a false god right or a celebrity yeah. or something like that and we kind of start out like that and then we have to god in the beginning made it easy it's just people made it hard everything that he was yeah. doing yeah well it's the original sin yeah it's it's human nature's we have to over you know we, the only way to overcome that is through jesus right that's the deal well, I think that's the plan. This is where all this is leading up to. Um, yeah, showing exactly. These are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate and an ephod, and a robe and an embroidered coat, a turban and a sash. So that's what this would look like, right? Ephod, a sash, turban, mm. and a robe. Yeah, and it, you know, there, there's a, it's, it's, it's hard to know exactly precisely what it might look like but that's a pretty that's probably pretty close you know there's a thing on his forehead as well but they go into detail on all these things or most of them wouldn't that be the turban that's well the there's turban. a thing there's that little uh there's a turban and then there's a little gold thing with the name there's a name of uh oh. we're, they're going to describe it yeah oh, okay they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons that he may minister to me as priests they shall take the gold, the blue, the purple, the scarlet, and fine linen. It's interesting. It says to minister to me. That's yeah. this is God speaking, right? Yeah. Not min not minister to the people. You always think of a priest as someone ministering to the people, and I guess that's. You think they got they it right or wrong? If that's the case, like the all the priests or pastors, <laughs> are they really supposed to be ministering to God? Well, I guess the yeah. work that they do is, in a sense, ministering to God. I guess it's both. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, something I just noticed, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Well, I say you're kind of doing that with this podcast. Ministering to God? Yeah. Isn't um, that what you're doing with all this? I don't know. <laughs> thousands of hours that we're spending? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I you so. could say maybe working. Uh, it depends on what verse is that? Verse, uh, end of verse four. Yeah. Oh, you know, ESV says, serve me as priests. So maybe it, maybe it's the sense of ministering to me as serving me. Maybe that's, you know, it's, it's you'd have to look at the, up at the Hebrew and stuff. So it's the same what it is. James, which it says minister. So whatever oh, does, Hebrew yeah. says. I think what I'd have to look this up more, but it might be a verb form of the word priest. Like to priest me or something like that. I'd have to look this up. I'd have to spend more time. I can't do well, it. Well, that anymore. one makes sense if it says to priest me. To minister uh, to me. Yeah. As pre in fact, ESV says to serve me as priests. 
So this says to minister to me as a priest. Well, so um, it was the King James. So it didn't change. Yeah. But but in the Hebrew, it's like one word for both. Like sir, the minister and priest. There's only one word in Hebrew that means priest. Like it's it's a little different in Hebrew. They don't have two different words. It's one word that means. So in English, you have to say it well, like this. Even if it only is one word, priest, it would still mean the same thing. Priest yeah. encompasses to do priestly duties. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's. I'll have to uh, look into that. I didn't notice that before. Okay, so where were we? Uh, oh, the ephod. Um, they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue, of purple, of scarlet, fine twine linen, the work of skilled workmen. It shall have the two shoulder pieces attached to each two corners so that it will be joined together. The skillfully woven waistband of the ephod is, is on it and shall be the same workmanship of the same material of gold, of blue, of purple, of scarlet, and fine linen. You shall take two onyx stones and engrave on the names of the children of Israel, the six of their names on one stone and the other six on the rest of the other stone according to their birth. With the work of the engraver in the stone, like the engravings of signet, you shall engrave two stones with the names of children of Israel, and you shall set them in filigree of gold. So this is what I was talking about. The skill levels and the jobs keep multiplying. So now we have stone cutters, uh, goldsmithers, and engravers. Yeah. And yeah. embroiders. We just went that. And the sewers and all that stuff. Mm, exactly. Um, yeah. So you can count like ton of jobs that God just created. Mm. Um, you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as the stones of memorial for the children of Israel and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders as a memorial. You shall make filigree settings of gold and two chains of pure gold. You shall make them a twisted cord and fasten the braid chains to the filigree settings. So we're but, also jewelers uh, now, so like this must be. Yeah. The oh yeah. There's see the shoulder things, right? The names of the yeah. six tribes of each and and see i think basically what's going on he represents the people to god yeah. he, he is like the israelite you know he represents he speaks on behalf of all the israelites and and vice versa right he speaks to the israelites on behalf of god and he kind of will tell god what the israelites are He's like a like the politician. Uh, and, and think about it, they don't have a king, right? Everyone else around them had a king, but the king the kings were also kind of like the high priests in, in the ancient yeah. world. They always thought they were gods or sons of gods or descendants of the gods. Or so anointed this, by God. But yeah. that oh, well, in, after and God chooses the priest here, yeah. too, right? The Levites, he chose that. But before Israelites even asked for a king, like God says, like, you know, you don't need a king. I'll be your God and I'll take care of you. But it's like, oh, yeah. no, I'm a king. So but that's kind of how a, Yeah, they're given a high priest before they're yeah. given a human king, you know? Right. Because God would have talked to the high priest to take care of whatever they needed to take care of. And and even when they did get a king, it's the prophet was actually higher ranking than the king because the prophets would anoint the king. Yeah. The prophets spoke on behalf of God, but the kings would uh, take, you know, the kings didn't really accept that. The kings thought they were higher than the prophets because they started to ignore the prophets. 
But um, so really, it was like God and then a prophet, or in this case, right now we got well. Moses is like the prophet, right? And then yeah. Aaron's the high. Aaron is is the high priest who is almost kind of like a king. So that's that's kind of the godly way to do it. Well, in this scenario, I don't king. think they needed a king because God is the king. Um, yeah, yeah, and they have the angel of the Lord and all that stuff, uh, literally fighting for them in battle. You know. Yeah, because he would create the armies. He could destroy the whole, yeah, you know, yeah. anything. So they, I think this was strictly just to serve God, like you said. You know, you're ministering to me. But he's like a leader. Yeah, I mean, Moses is like a leader. Aaron's kind of like a but leader. only because God made him a special. Captain, yeah, right. And they also have those. Um, you know, they have a kind of a government system, right? The justice system. Yeah. That uh, Jethro kind of helped set up. Yeah. But ultimately, oh, it all leads back to God, though. Like, he's the mm, higher yeah. in that tower. Yeah, yeah, this is a yeah. society based on justice. Yeah. And the Constitution or the uh, commandments and all that stuff, that's the uh, like a Constitution. Uh, this is this is God showing the world what a truly just uh, society would yeah, look like. Yeah, and he's dwelling with them in the holies of holy in that tabernacle. He was, like, the highest you can go, you know, like, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the breastplate, you shall make the breastplate of judgment, the work of skilled workmen, and you shall make it in the same manner as the ephod of gold, of blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twisted linen, you shall make it. It will be a square when doubled, a span in length, and a span in width. You shall set it in four rows of stones. The first row will be sardius, a topaz or carb, uncle. The second row of emerald, a sapphire, and diamond. Third row of zacinth, agate, emerald. The fourth row of beryl, onyx, and jasper. They shall be in in gold filigree. So these were all there. Well, I, I think that isn't that the ephod, the thing with all the yeah. gems on it, and then there's a breastplate that goes under it, maybe. Um, really? Although some people, some people, like I read about it, some people thought the ephod maybe hung down below the waist. I don't know. And what what breastplate but, uh, is he talking about? Well, we just read about a breastplate, but we read about the ephod but, first. Because he's talking about all the stones, right? So he. Did three three? Well, what's the ephod? The ephod. Yeah, I thought that it was must the be ephod. the background. No, maybe it's the thing the ephod goes on. Could Didn't be. the ephod have the stones as well? Ephod of gold. The stones on the shoulders, and then the, it's the onyx stones. The sun's ah, maybe the maybe oh. the ephod is more like the breastplate, and then yeah, the, the, the breastplate the breastplate of judgment is the the thing that we're looking the, at there with all yeah, the stones. The, but they kind of go. To, they're kind of. They kind and of go together. Kind of go together, yeah. But this part, I don't know why they called it the breastplate. They should actually call it the ephod, because that's what this part is right here. All the stones we just yeah. Talked. It's kind of it's kind of yeah. I guess it's the, the ephod is like how it attaches to the body. It hangs down from the shoulders. It's like a, it's like a vest, right? Yeah. And then the, the breastplate is the thing with all the stones. Which is kind of part of the ephod, really. The stones shall be according to the names of children of Israel, 12 according to their names, each like the engravings of his signet, everyone according to his names for 12 tribes. You shall make the breastplate braided chains of pure gold. You shall make on the breastplate two rings of gold and shall 
shall put the two rings on the two ends of the breastplate. I guess we're not going to see that part. You shall put two braided chains of gold on the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate. You shall fasten the other two ends with the of the two braided chains into two filigree settings and put them in front of the shoulder piece of the ephod. You shall make two rings of gold and shall put them on the two ends of the breastplate on the edge of it which is towards the inner side of the ephod. You shall make two other rings of gold and shall put them on the two shoulder pieces of the ephod underneath toward the front and close to the place where it is joined above the silk skillfully woven waistband of the ephod. They shall bind the breastplate by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a blue cord so it may be above the skillfully woven waistband of the ephod so the breastplate will not come loose from the ephod. So ephod with a blue cord. I guess we don't see it on this one. Now, do people still use this today? Do the Jews use this thing? I, wonder. I don't think so. I've never seen it in modern times. I wonder why they don't. Uh, they're not doing anything else. Well, they, they like doing all this kind of stuff, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> see, there's that thing on the, uh, that thing hanging down on, on, on our right side. This? The little bowl. See that? Yeah, there's, that's what that, there's a, that, that's what that thing is. I've come across that, that the, um, the masons use something like this but they call it a a, a bowl like a a bowl of pudding and uh something like that and but it's really the incense uh burner but they use it for different purposes well, now i think the masons have a yeah the like we were talking about before the masons do a kind of a a counterfeit version of this yeah they copy this stuff i think i bet somewhere someplace they're doing these stone things somewhere you know, yeah. I mean, the you know, the, the silly me, I thought I wanted to do it one time, like gather all the stones and make a little yeah iPhone pad. Oh, there's um, a good one. The, the diagram with all those numbers. This one? That one. Yeah, that might be. Uh, let's just check that out. Although we don't have the uh, key for all those numbers there, <laughs> but all the different parts, 35 different parts. Or yeah. 38, 39, 39. Well, I know this part we can recognize. It's the, just the, the stuff the in here bridge. that's difficult maybe because they're mentioning all yeah. the stones in here we get the picture um <laughs> <laughs> okay where are we uh aaron shall bear the names of the children of israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the lord continually you shall put the urm and the thummimen thummimen in the breastplate of judgment, and they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. So what the heck are these? I think those are like a light stone and a dark stone, lights and darks. Um, I don't know. It's um, it, it, this. You, you could read the last sentence there if you want, and then we'll oh. talk about yeah. it. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. I mean, basically, what it is, it's like if do you want to go back to the photo again. There's some other. There's something else that he uses. It's almost like divination. It basically is a kind of. It, but I think what it is, it's a visual representation of prayer. So basically, he's pray. He prays about something, but there's all this, uh, all these stones, and there's a a light and a dark. Um, I mean, you could probably well, look up. Yeah, these. it's kind of like a dial early iPhone version for them to call in God and have questions. 
Because that's what they're doing. They said if certain colors yeah. light up, they get answers, right? They get an- direct answers yeah. based on what the colors happen. Yeah, um, and it's used for judgment, right? To discern the will of God. And and you know, and that's this is what the sorcerers do, right? But they do it to other gods. So I think that's one of the things. It's like sometimes you do see God engaging in stuff that almost looks like magic or divination that we were not we're told not to do this stuff. But yeah. occasionally, if you know, if you're doing it. In the name of God, for God, to God, then it's well. If God like, tells you to do it, I don't think it's divination. Yeah. It's well, I mean, it but is then, divination, but it's divination to God. I mean, unless there's a different yeah. word you could use, but it probably needs a different word because it's a good. It's a good way. It's a good. Uh, it's a it's a God ordained method of divination. Yeah, there were say. you know in Bethel Church they were saying that you know people were using like tarot card like Christian cards, so they'd be like. Uh, yeah, so actually reading like they would read tarot cards, but they had like Christian stuff on it. That's that's probably not God ordained though. But you oh. know, in the in the new in the New Testament in Acts, they did the uh, draw lots to decide the the new apostle. Right? Yeah. Remember that you went oh. to Be- Bethel Church. Is that the, who's the pastor? Is that um, there's a well known pastor there, Piper John Piper? Is that did you go there? Um, I'm not sure. I just no. you know John Piper's. Okay, yeah. anyway. But he, if, it, if it is Piper, he's not really, he's been kind of on the deep end on some of this stuff. But I, I what I <laughs> noticed here, though, he said, Aaron shall bear the judgment of children. So I think this is representative of Jesus bearing judgment for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus is our high priest, right? In fact, the Hebrews um, talks a lot about how Jesus fulfills the role of, you know, the, the real the, the the best high priest, you know, a greater yeah. high priest. And, but um, it's brought up here, so Aaron is standing in um, for to bear the judgment for entire Israel. Like that's yeah, like, it all it all points to Christ. Christ. Yeah, this is all pointing to Christ, and and I think yeah. this helps. They started like this so that we can kind of see all the things Christ is doing for us. Okay, so other priestly garments. You shall make a robe of the ephod completely blue. There shall be a hole at the top of it, in the middle of it, and its opening. It shall have a binding of woven work, like the opening of a coat of mail, so that it will not be torn. You shall make on it its hem of pomegranates of blue, and of purple, and scarlet, and all around its hem, and bells of gold between them all around, a golden bell of, and a pomegranate, and a golden bell, and a pomegranate, and all around the hem of the robe. It shall be on Aaron when he ministers, and it shall and its sound shall be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord, and when he comes out, so he does not die. And you shall make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it like the engravings of his signet. And when I read it a long, long time ago, it confused me. I thought they were actually uh, embroidering in. The look of pomegranate and bells. I didn't realize it was actual bells. Yeah, yeah. They make a noise. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe it was supernatural. Like the bells that were embroidered in would ring or something. But it never occurred to me that they actually mm. wove in real bells. Uh, maybe <laughs> find a picture of that. Like this right here. It's not a very good picture, but. Yeah, golden bells on the bottom. There right it says. here, yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, it says the ephod, he, and they're pointing at the bottom part there, like the, the skirt. <laughs> oh. Huh. Yeah. 
But can you go? Let's look at the whole photo again here. This is a pretty good I think one. That's it. it. Oh, that's it. It's just got the bottom part. Although this ephod, I think, also is the upper part as well. Maybe that's more like the. Maybe that's girdle. why they called it ephod with this whole thing, and then the breastplate. Maybe this is that. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where the like the Catholic priests get their robe idea. You know, like the Catholics and even the Lutherans, they wear this uh, robe kind of stuff. You know. So. Yeah, they they even sell this as jewelry, the like the gemstones. Oh stuff. wow! But oh. then that would become divination at that point, right? When they're selling this. Well, I think these days, if you did it, it's. I mean, it is. Uh, it was used to discern the will of God or something like that, right? And uh, and it's only for the high priest. It's not meant for. Yeah, it's not for the average person. <laughs> for yeah. one person, not for any Levite priest, even just for Aaron, and then right. the next high priest. It's the only for the high priest. That's it. And it might even just be kind of symbolic of what's happening internally. I mean, it's not like this has some kind of magical power. You know what I mean? Like it's all, it's all, ha it's maybe just a visual aid for us to kind of visually understand what's happening when we pray or when the high priest is communicating with God. You know yeah, what I God mean? Yeah, God didn't like, need it, but he, yeah, he, he doesn't need this stuff. Make yeah. people participate with objects and things. I mean, it kind of looks cool. Um, well, it's also <laughs> it's kind, kind of ethical, you know, communicate, you know. But as in um, the people would say, oh, there's the high priest with all that fancy stuff on his, on his clothing. Yeah, all the know? jewels. Well, the jewels, uh, like you said, it was meant to represent each tribe. So I think he was always making a point to now visually put the tri each of the tribes so everybody knew like that's the Israelites, you know, the entire 12. Because that 12 yeah. is repeated over and over and over, even at the final New Jerusalem with the 12 gates to represent one of the each of the tribes. Yeah, they're 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 entering into a um, community with of God, you know, family, really, a family of God, yeah. the covenant relationship, a, a nation, a kingdom of priests. Yeah. But he's never going to forget the 12 Israelites. That's the whole theme that's been carried out from beginning to end. The holiness of to the Lord, you shall put it on blue cord and that it may be upon the turban. It may be on the front of the turban. What exactly are they putting on the turban? It. What is it? <laughs> you got to go up to 36. <laughs> Verse 36. Plate of pure gold. Yeah. You should make a plate That's of pure it. gold and engrave on it like the engravings of a signet. You shall put it yeah. on a blue cord so that it may be upon the turban and it may be in front of the turban. It shall be on Aaron's forehead so that Aaron may bear the inequity of the holy things which the children of Israel shall consecrate and regard to all their holy gifts. So Aaron's forehead is bearing the inequity of holy things. Isn't that kind of like the spiritual mark there of the forehead? Because we read about the hand and the forehead. Oh, it was the hand because God took them out of Israel and the forehead to keep their memory of God. So it's, now it's they bear the inequity of holy things, which the children of Israel shall consecrate in regards to their holy gifts. And it shall be on his forehead, so they may be accepted before the Lord. It sounds a lot like uh, what Jesus does, right? Yeah. Bearing the sins or bearing yeah. the uh, 
iniquities and it's on the forehead right there's you know the, like revelation right there's the mark of god on the forehead yeah there's many verses talking about the forehead and and some kind of uh well in earlier books god. god explained what the, what that was which was to keep the memory mm. of god in their forehead yeah it's like faith even for us today maybe uh keep that faith in our yeah. mind you shall embroider the tunic of fine linen and you shall make the turban of fine linen and you shall make the sash the work of an embroiderer for Aaron's son shall make tunics and you shall make sashes for them and you shall make caps for them for the glory and for beauty so see mm. he's well that's what it said the first sentence i think of that whole chapter it said for glory and for beauty you did or at the beginning of uh beginning of 28 yeah it used the word glory and beauty um verse two Verse two, you see it right oh, there. Oh, yeah. You shall make holy garments for your brother for glory and beauty. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I just, you know, kind of remembered that. Yeah. Well, that's good. I totally didn't get that. So that that was the point, I guess, right? Kind of the per that's the, one of the main purposes, glory <clears throat> and beauty, right? It's like, hey, it's God. This is God's house, God's people, right? Why not be... It is glorious and beautiful, you know? Nothing wrong with that. Say, this is... Have you, have you ever been like in a, like an Orthodox church? Eastern no. Orthodox. Mm -mm. This is, I think, this is one of the great kept secrets of, uh, you know, they broke away from the Catholics like in 1000 AD, somewhere around there. Yeah, like 500 years before the Reformation broke away from the, the Catholics. And yeah. um, I, I actually follow a couple of Orthodox priests online. They say a lot of really good stuff. They're like pretty solid. Now they probably do some weird stuff that I don't know about, but uh, mm -hmm. I mean, and and they claim to be kind of more. The original church you know closer to the source Maybe um, and because they broke off from the from the roman church and they kind of got set up in the like in greece and turkey yeah. and um but the, but they, if you go to an orthodox church it's all full of bling all over yeah. the place <laughs> well i guess that's probably where that, they get this glory yeah. and beauty in a way i always thought you know the simple church and not have you know like a utilitarian look to it a lot of them go that route you know they like they don't want the ornate stuff i had this one person a long time ago came to me like oh we don't wear jewelry or makeup or any of this stuff because yeah. i'm trying to make themselves more holy and i'm like yeah talking about because god is always making fancy yeah well there is there is something in the paul says something about you know don't don't overdo yeah. it you know what i mean he, he, he you know yeah a, i uh, mean if you don't overdo it yahweh's description about everything like he's given them decked in gold and decked in jewels and all kinds of fancy stuff well i don't but know he if talks the about I mean, it. The a passage where he says i gave you all these you know things which i don't remember yeah. right now but uh, I'll point them out as we go through. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely into beauty. It's not like... Just yeah, and that's like the um, the the first or the second commandment about um, don't don't uh, make images of heavenly things and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's very, it's debated as to is it don't make idols for the purpose of idolatry, which they do here in chapter 32 coming up. Or yeah. is it just, or is it just you cannot have any image for any purpose, even for decoration? Well, that, I, I've been I wondering about a lot. For most a of this, most of the things I've looked into about this, 
if you really look into it, it's more, it's, it's basically they say like art and decoration is okay because, because it's in the, it's in this tabernacle. But they have all kinds of heavenly stuff. Literally like what he meant was, I don't think, I think it's probably okay, but if you. It's about idolatry, you, I think. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't make images to worship as gods. Don't make other gods. Otherwise, you, you know, it's the purpose. Artwork, it's the purpose. Because, yeah. yeah. The purpose of them is the key. I think. Yeah, I think he didn't want people started worshiping, but it almost sounded like for a little bit, like don't make any figurines um, because he's saying that not that they would automatically become like objects of worship, but he was almost saying that if you make them, eventually they become that object of they worship. They do, and we do see that happening in the Old Testament. Um, that is a danger. That's a danger because because we're kind of naturally born idolaters actually so that's maybe yeah, that's part of it. he's trying to protect us from then did he really mean never make any image for what's on the earth or above the heavens like no artwork whatsoever i think it's uh no don't don't make any image to worship as a god but if you do make a piece of art there's a danger that you're going to worship it as a god because you're an idolater, but is mm-hmm. but is not necessarily uh, opposed to it. So, so obviously the Orthodox Church thinks it's okay to have all these uh, this decoration because like, it's like yeah they, they overdo it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, overdoing is kind of gaudy too. I don't think <laughs> it is pretty gaudy. It that way, you know? It's a bit uh, it's a bit overwhelming if you ever yeah uh, here he's specifically creating a lot of jobs and working skills to create these fine things mm-hmm. which is way different than just decking everything with gaudy stuff you know if you gotta make the fabric the jewels the you know the jewelry the embroidery all of these things that he's skilling people the organic life which is much different it's beautiful on its own you know i don't think it would have looked gaudy at all but this is all like right now we're reading really only about the high priest the one yeah. the one high, only about Aaron right now this is all for Aaron the high priest oh, it's not for the average person necessarily no oh, because he had to stand out he had to be special yeah. okay you shall put them on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him and you shall anoint them with consecrate them and sanctify them that they minister no. me as priests now this is for he just talked about Aaron's sons. Yeah. So is that put them you put that what is them? Can you go back up to 40? I thought it's, um it's Aaron's Aaron. sons you should make tunics. Oh okay, so verse 40 for Aaron's sons you shall make tunics. Yeah. Sashes. So the so the sons get a kind of a slightly different uniform. They don't get the yeah, ephod and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. They, this is for down. Aaron's sons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They get a slightly different uh, uniform. Um, you shall make linen undergarments for them to cover their naked skin. They shall reach from the waist to the thighs. They shall be on Aaron and his his sons when they come into the tent of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place so that they may not bear inequity and die. It shall be perpetual statute to him and his descendants after him. Wow. Now, have you heard about the uh, Mormons and their magical underwear? 
Maybe that's where they get this. Uh, uh, I know I heard something about it, but what is it again? <laughs> I don't know much about it, oh. but they all they all wear magical underwear. But it, it might come from this. I wonder. You know, um, probably like all these. It sounds very similar. Splinter off. Um, it's like their kind of version of it. You know? Well, they said to make linen undergarments for them to cover <laughs> their naked skin. That's magical underwear. <laughs> <laughs> It's, well, Mormons got a little nutty too. So <laughs> all their wives, isn't that where yeah. they marry multiple women? Yeah, yeah. They they got all kinds of wacky beliefs. I know lots of former their churches Mormons. are beautiful though on the outside. It's a cult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of a lot of uh, stuff going on behind the scenes that are pretty. Uh, it's a, it's a cult essentially. Yeah. You know? And a lot of people have to escape. Like when it, whenever you have to escape something, you know it's a cult. Yeah. Like if it's oh, not a cult, they just let you leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh. Um, chapter 29, Consecration of the Priests. Now this is a thing that you shall do to them to consecrate them. To minister as priests to me, take one young bull and two rams without blemish. And the unleavened bread and unleavened cakes mixed with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil, you shall make them a wheat flour. You shall put them in one basket and bring them in the basket with the bull and two rams. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door to the tent of the meeting and wash them with water. You shall take garments and clothe Aaron with the tunic and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with the skillfully woven band of the ephod and you shall put the turban on his hand and put the holy crown on the turban they shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him i think we talked about this before anointing of oil and put it on your head here right now um, yeah the the priests are anointed with oil and, and jesus jesus was anointed with oil as well and Christians right. do often uh, anoint themselves with oil to to this day. Are we supposed to be doing that? I do wonder. Dude, I, don't, so I mean, it came from somewhere where there's supposed to be like protection of God, like a spiritual leading. Mm. I think that we have to see it in the New Testament if that was done at all. It might be done. I don't know. The you know the word Messiah means the anointed one or the Christos Christos the Christ the word Christ yeah. means anointed one. But we're going to see King you know like uh, King Saul was anointed by a prophet and King David was anointed by a prophet. A real king is anointed with oil by a prophet, and and the priest as well. Yeah. So that's why Jesus was anointed. There's they make a big deal out of it when Jesus is anointed. People didn't quite know understand what was happening when it when it actually happened in, in the New Testament. But uh, well, oil in itself has been a theme all the way along. You shall bring his sons and put tunics on them. You shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and put headbands on them. And the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statue. Thus, you shall consecrate Aaron and his sons. Then you shall bring a bull before the tent of the meeting and Aaron and his sons and should put shall put their hands on the head of the bull. You shall kill the bull before the Lord by the door of the tent of the meeting. Can we pause there for a minute? Uh, so yeah. they lay there. If you go back up to that verse 10 there, they uh, that's kind of like, I think what's going on is they uh, put their hands on the bull. They're transferring the sin the um, human sin to the animal and then the animal's killed so it's kind of the substitutionary atonement 
It's a yeah. penal substitution, right? So, so again, this is pointing to Christ as the. That's why these animals were always killed. It's uh, the sin of the people. Somebody had to die. Someone had because God is a God of justice. There was there was sin. Sin. Someone has to pay the price. So, so in God's grace, He gave them this uh, these animal sacrifices, which was the grace of God to allow them to make atonement for their sins and allow their sins to be forgiven. Their sins were forgiven, but they had to keep sacrificing these animals every day. And once a year, they had the big atonement, uh, day of atonement, you know. So uh, so this is all kind of pointing to Christ, who was the final sacrifice. No more sacrifice needed to atone for sins. It's all been taken care of. So Blood was shed, especially when there were tons yeah. of lights. We were yeah. sitting all the time, and then they were bringing in these animals. Yeah, and then later on, God says, hey, I don't like all this sacrifice. I'd much rather have you guys, like, don't sin. That would be better yeah. if, you, if you didn't sin. But if we, have, you know, we have to do these sacrifices because you guys are keep sinning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was a bloodbath um, for all of them. But they animals. did eat. They, they, most of these animals were eaten. So, I mean, we kill animals yeah, today, right? Food. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, every I, you know, if you eat meat, someone killed that animal. So oh, you know. I know. <laughs> I realize that every time I eat meat, that it's a sacrifice yeah. of that animal. Yeah, we just don't do it in a kind of a ritual way these days. It's done somewhere. That, yeah, I actually know. like this better than farmed animals that are suffering. Yeah, no, I grew up like deer hunting and stuff, right? Yeah. So I, you know, I saw my grandfather and uncles. They would hang up the deer and gut it, and so you know, and then uh, you know, if you're exposed to that stuff, you do kind of uh, get used to it, you know. But you you see what you know you you appreciate where meat really comes well, from. Yeah, we should know where our food comes from. It's yeah. all or been fishing. detached and removed because yeah. we go to the freezer and pick it up. Mm. You know, you don't even have that appreciation of killing and blood. I think that was kind of necessary to show the people what their sin actually looks like. Exactly. And- yeah, I think that's one of the points of the whole thing. Yeah. Of, uh, starting out with this animal sack. They didn't, they didn't just... You know, he could have just brought Jesus down right then, I guess. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's like step by step. Since we're so far removed and we all are meat eaters, like we literally just go get frozen food, that maybe people don't even recognize that what that means. You know, oh, I get, I, I, like you know I, I, on my cat channel, <laughs> oh, I show yeah. my, my predatory... Yeah. Cats, the little tigers yeah. with claws and fangs, they kill mice and they eat them. They're, they're blocking the ads now for those kind of videos, and they're, they, oh, they? they took one of them down. Yeah, they're they're oh. not ad friendly. It's a it's a it's an animal killing and eating another animal. That's banned. For you can't do that because we're not supposed oh. to know about that. So, yeah. but yet, and then I get these nasty comments. But yet, those same people are eating chicken, which somebody killed, and it was bloody. <laughs> But they don't know that. They just think yeah. it's, they don't even realize they're eating a dead animal. I know. Well, I think that's that's my point. That if you don't see it getting killed, you don't see it alive, then getting killed, and then, you know, eating it after. Yeah. I mean, if an animal doesn't eat another animal, they're going to die unless they're uh, vegetarian animals. You know what they I mean? They can always give them kibbles. Well, a lot of this stuff has, pro- has meat protein in it, you know, from. I'm just joking. 
then they would be housebroken completely. But, but they they want to make this like YouTube. They want to make this. They they want to dumb us all down and get, turn us all into uh, the Matrix, uh, living in a pod in an imaginary world. Of you course, know? that's the whole plan to connect yeah. with their neural network AI and live in this synthetic biology slash imaginary world. <laughs> I was there's a uh, article. Um, I just, I think it was today. I, I, I came across an article in the Wall Street Journal about um, it, it. Like the title of it was like, um, "What if, what if men could have eggs?" <laughs> you know? Oh gosh! And, well, then, they, and then, so, so same sex couples. Same sex couples. Yeah, I mean, I think did I take a screenshot of that? I guess I. Anyway, it's, it was. Yeah, you know, there's a show called topic. Upload. Oh, I've never, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Um, That's on uh, Amazon Prime. Upload is about like they're able to like transfer your your essence, your personality, your memories. Uh, I don't know if they go so far as an, a soul. So the person in real life is dead. So they transferred everything into this computer simulated reality, which. There's a whole team of like a corporation that oversees every avatar in this computer uh, and then like gives them. So like you have to, it's a monetized way to live. So you don't get to just live in this virtual reality as heaven. You have to pay to get the bandwidth so you can do whatever you want and pay to get these special like clothing and housing. You still have to pay more. So, like, if you're super rich, you can have a super luxurious afterlife in this virtual reality. And if you're poor, you get to live in the basement and with slow speed and you get, like, timed out, stuff like that. So, anyway, they made their whole show about, you know, living in this virtual world. Mm -hmm. And one of the, because it's virtual, you can do anything you want. You can be anybody. So, one of the things they came up with was, like, um, they wanted a virtual baby as a couple. So then they go, well, who shall have the baby, the woman or the man? Because either one. <laughs> so, well, how is that going to happen if I do it? So they were talking about like, well, because it's all virtual anyway. It doesn't really matter. But they basically poop it out. But it was just weird. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, they poop out a baby? Yeah. So it was going to come you know, through. Whoa. This is no, that's that's more significant than you realize because uh, I won't get into this now. But a friend of mine, he's discovered some things about um, when they do like feces and movies and stuff. It it yeah. it's symbolic of uh, alien DNA. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's it's huge. I'm going to have him on a podcast one of these days. Um, well, I can't wait. It's a major that. discovery. This is a major discovery, or or demonic DNA, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. You notice it. It's it's all over. They do it all the time in movies, and it's wow. um. So it's yeah. It's not just they're not just talking about poop. There, it's it's a symbolic reference to alien D the the E. coli bacteria found in poop that they uh, that's where they get the alien DNA. Angel poop. You know, e. coli <laughs> bacteria, they do use that to as part of their stuff that you know what they've been doing. They use part of that DNA. And this this is this this is what they're doing something on humanity, uh yeah. using this DNA, this uh, that they extracted. See that that's they discovered at some point they were able to it's like Jurassic Park. 
at some point well, they were my, able to get oh, the, the Nephilim poop. I was actually thinking that they would find the Nephilim DNA. and That's where they found it. Well, I don't know where they found it. but It's my, Jurassic Park is about the Nephilim. Yeah. Well, Jurassic Park was saying that we can recreate anything from historical, frozen, whatever, tissue, wherever they get the DNA from, and they can recreate it. So why could, that was a whole, like, they could do that with fallen angels. They could do that with Nephilims. Yeah, yeah. You know? They got it from the poop. That's what they're telling us over and over, and we don't realize it. Let me let me just read this this headline from uh, I, I found it the Wall Street Journal. So this is came out over the weekend or something, or even today. Today I think just today. What if men could uh, make their own egg cells? New technologies for creating genetically related children could transform family life, giving same sex couples and infertile women more options for parenthood. But they go on to talk about how you not you know nowadays with IVF you can have a baby and not be a mother. It isn't that wonderful. All this thing, you know, it's, it's a brave new world. Cells. I mean, how they create the eggs? So where do they come from? How do you create um, eggs? from your cells? It, it goes on to talk about new technology where you can create eggs, um, egg cells. A man can create an egg egg cell to artificially fertilize a baby. Wow. Two men. Well, you could have two men can have a baby now. Two men. Yeah, two men and a two men and a baby. Wasn't that a wasn't that the name of a TV show with Charlie Sheen? Two men and a baby, or was it? Oh what yeah, was the name of that yeah, show? two men and something. Um, that's yeah. what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, that's what they want. They want for these weird ways to have babies because they want to control it. If no more normal birth, it's a product. Yeah. yeah, it's a product which you have to buy, and they can control how many wombs, how many babies are born every year. Yeah, they're gonna outlaw basically natural births eventually. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, we should get back to where we were, uh, and I don't remember where exactly. I don't know how we got on the topic, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's our gift. We, we got two cats in the room now. <laughs> then you we showed that they bowed before the tent, meaning an Aaron and his sons, and put their hands on the head of the bull. You shall kill the bull before the Lord by the door of the tent of the meeting. You shall take the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour all the blood besides the bottom of the altar. You shall take all the fat that covers the entrails and the load that is above their liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them and burn them on the altar but the flesh of the bull its skin its dung you shall burn with fire outside the camp it is a sin offering uh you shall also yeah so so this one here the burnt offerings like when they burn everything that's a that they don't eat that one that's a, a sin offering usually a burnt offering is also a a sin offering, but that this was one. It sounds like they they don't eat this one. I don't think this one we just read about. Well, up here they do though. Where it says you shall take all the fat and entrails and kidneys and and burn them on the altar. So the other this stuff gets burned on the altar, but then yeah, the skin and its dung, which is gross anyway, yeah, burn outside the camp as a sin offering. So I guess they. Not the skin part, the flesh of the bull. Well, I don't know if that, I don't know, like burning the uh, dung outside the camp. I don't think that's an offering at all. I think it is a sin offering is talking about the whole thing. Because they're not offering mm -hmm. anything to God when it's burned outside the camp. That's just like garbage, I think. I mean, 
You know what I mean? Like I it, it is a sin offering is refers to the whole the whole paragraph, not just that one sentence. I think it's synonymous. The the burnt offering is a sin offering. I think that's what it means. Although I, you know, there's always a chance I'm wrong, but that's what I that's how I understand it. Okay, so let's just doesn't mean I'm right. It is a whole thing as a sin. I'm offering. probably wrong. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean that's what it says. That's what I think it says. No, it's <laughs> an interpretation of maybe that's what it is. It's just that when they write the paragraphs this way, it's hard to tell where it's in it the is. Yeah, thing. yeah. Th this stuff's a little hard to understand, but it's actually um, you can kind of we can kind of try to simplify it because um, I'm sure it'll be repeated again to say what the sentence. Oh is. yeah, many times. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll figure that out then. Okay, you shall take one ram. And Aaron, his son, shall put their hands on the head of the ram. You shall slay the ram, and you shall take its blood and sprinkle it around the altar. Then you should cut the ram in pieces and wash his entrails and his legs and put them with his pieces on his head. You shall burn the whole ram on the altar, its burnt offering to the Lord, its soothing aroma, and the offering made by fire to the Lord." Do you think that other stuff, like the stuff that actually burned on the altar is the uh, burnt offering, but then the stuff that got outside the camp, that could be sin offering? Maybe there is a difference? That's not um, That's not how I see it. I just don't know. I don't think they're offering anything when they burn it outside the camp. You know what I mean? Wouldn't they be offering everything at the, burnt at the offering, tabernacle? Burnt offering is not the sin offering, though. That's a burnt offering. And, but a burnt offering is a sin offering. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well that has to be left open then, because I'm not sure. Although I guess what you're saying is that they're, maybe they're transferring the sin, and then they bring that sin outside the camp and they burn it, and that's the sin offering, right? That's kind of yeah, the stuff that it's not going. on the altar. I guess the that's possible. Yeah, the stuff that's yeah. on the altar—that's the burnt offering. The stuff that yeah, but I, I was—I think the burnt offering is a kind of sin offering as well. It's part. I, I mean, I was thinking the whole thing. Um, like the um, this whole yeah. this particular offering is is a sin. Offering. But I guess yeah, maybe burnt offering is a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. Maybe there's two different aspects of this offering that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, guys, and I'm going to say soothing aroma for sin offering. It would be disgusting. Mm, but but it's a cleansing. It could be a uh, a type of cleansing, a cleansing of, you know, a, a lot of these sacrifices were for cleansing the sin, removing the sin, purifying. Yeah, they eat the stuff, um, right? So it's going to be smelling mm. pretty good, the stuff that they're actually going to eat. Even if God ate it, nobody else did. You know, it's like when we go do a barbecue today, we don't eat the entrails and poop and all that stuff. Take off the skin. We don't even eat yeah. that. So yeah. all that stuff gets discarded anyway. And then the barbecue, the stuff that smells really mm. good when it's actually cooking. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's two things. So there's two things going on with this this particular animal, this sacrifice. There's a, yeah, you're, you're, you're burning the meat for yeah. God as food, as a pleasant aroma for God. And then you're doing the sin offering with the with stuff the that stuff you throw that away. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, a sin offering is happening. But then the other part is more of a, more of a, um, like a like a worship food offering, an offering to God. Yeah, later sense. on, I think Leviticus it talks about all the different offerings. Um, it does. Yeah, it's very grains, similar. But, yeah, burn. But all this this stuff. one here, um, but so but so the people do not eat this one. It's all for God. 
which is fine. I guess he's this one here. Yeah, there's different ones where they uh, eating it. they eat they eat it. But this one here is it's all given to it's the the yeah. good stuff is all for God. The people don't eat this particular offering. That's fine, but he likes it. Right. Yeah. Well, so, you know, another thing too, it, you know, that we see it in the pagan, I see it here every day. Like there's people offer foods to, yeah. to the idols, right? Yeah. So again, we have, I mean, it's a similar concept. So it is, um, you know, I'm sure these, so they the, got this practice from seeing the priest do it somewhere. Well, they're probably, they may have been doing it before this even because, you know, the yeah. Egyptians, you know, this is the first time, I mean, they did little offerings here and there, but but they're they, always offering food to like objects, like they'll put yeah in the stone or leave food by you know whatever. This yeah, is not, this is actually killing the animal. Where if it's all burned up, somehow God is taking that as his own food, or it's given to the people to eat. But it's kind of similar in the sense that they're they're offering food to their god, right? Yeah. And then the people with different gods were they were also offering food to their gods. But their their gods were not the real god, right? And so, and that's what that's what I think is going on in chapter thirty two with the, uh, the the golden idol thing, the golden calf. I, they didn't they knew that God had rescued them from Egypt, but they probably thought of him as one of many gods, right? They didn't quite understand exactly who he was, that he was the God who created the world. Maybe they picked a bull because they've already seen them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They grew up as polytheists, essentially, right? As slaves in Egypt. They completely lost touch with Yahweh over 400 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they, but it didn't, take they long didn't get it. They lose touch again within 30 to 50 years. Yeah. That's oh, why it's like why they talk about oh, generations, right? You got to teach the yeah. next generation who God is. Otherwise, fall back into polytheism. And that's exactly what happened. Or worse. I think that's what's happening once um, generation loses God. Yeah, it completely goes nuts, and I think towards the end, the real end times, the people are not going to know God at all, and those are the ones that are easily going to be deceived. Take the mark. Okay, so then you shall take the other ram and Aaron and his sons and put their hands on the head of the ram. You shall kill the ram and take some of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tip of the right ear of his sons, on the thumb of the right hand and the great toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood around the altar so what's with all that here I think it's just similar like uh, there's like blood on the top from the from head to toe but they, uh, they don't yeah. like pour a bucket of blood all over them it's just it symbolizes <laughs> the blood is covering your entire body you shall take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and of his garments and his sons and in the garments of his sons with him. He and his garments shall be consecrated along with his sons and his sons garments with him. Also you shall take the fat and the rump of the ram and the fat that covers the entrails and the lobe above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them and the right shoulder for it is a ram of consecration. And one loaf of bread, and one cake of oil bread, and one wafer out of the basket of unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And you shall put all these in the hands of Aaron and in the hands of his sons, and shall wave for a wave offering before the Lord. Then you shall take 
them from the hands and burn them on the altar for the burnt offering for a soothing aroma before the Lord. It is an offering made by fire to the Lord, and you shall take the breast of Aaron's ram of consecration and wave it as a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be your portion. You shall consecrate the breast of the wave offering that is waved, and the thigh of the priest's portion that is contributed from the ram of the consecration, and which was for Aaron, and from which was for his sons. It shall be for Aaron and sons by a statute forever, for it is a contribution. It shall be a contribution from the children of Israel from, the, from their peace offerings, and their contributions to the Lord. So I think that was peace offerings. No? The burnt offerings? Is that the same thing as peace offerings? No. No, this is no. Um yeah, the burnt offer offering is usually the pleasing aroma before the Lord. So what's the peace offering? And then the, there's the wave offering. The breast of the wave offering. What's a wave um, offering? Well, they kinda they kinda just kinda wave it around. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of sense. Um, okay. From their peace off, maybe maybe he's saying these are all. Maybe they are all. This is a type of peace offering or um, wave that includes offering. a burnt offering and the wave offering. What's um, a wave offering? Well, that's the one. I just they just wave it. I mean, why? I don't know. They're not told why. They're not to really told why for a lot of this stuff. Really, I mean, kind of basically. I mean, it's like for atonement. This is a sin offering. This is that. But they're not. Good um, thing for Leviticus. But this is Moses. God is speaking to Moses, and yeah. um, now I wonder if Moses is writing this down, or if he wrote this down later. I'm sure. This is, is a lot of a lot of detailed information to. Uh, well, again, he got the wisdom from God to get all this. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah. The but this garment. this has yeah this has uh, cakes and oil and bread and stuff like this. Food. Okay. So the holy garments belonging to Aaron are to belong to his sons after him, so that he may be anointed in them and consecrated in them. The sons that is a priest in his steed shall have put them on seven days when he comes into the tent meeting to minister in the holy place. You shall take the ram of the consecration and boil its flesh in a holy place. Aaron and his son shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket by the door of the tent meeting. They shall eat those things by which the atonement was made in order to consecrate and sanctify them. No one else shall eat them because they are holy. I think this is part of a seven-day ritual when these priests are ordained. That's what this is, I think. Um, so yeah, the, the priest, the Aaron and his sons eat this offering for seven days at the beginning of their priesthood. That's because the one they talk about seven days quite a bit in this section, you're going to see it again. I think this is like the first seven days when they, because, because they don't really, they haven't really made the tabernacle yet. Right. And this is God speaking to Moses. So they're not really. I think this is just a one-time thing at the beginning of their uh, priesthood, and which, in, in fact, it is also holy. What they're eating, yeah. holy. Yeah, because it's been uh, made holy, or they are holy. Is it the food or the people? They shall eat the those things. No, no. Yeah, made. Okay, they are holy. Maybe the food is holy. Because yeah, and, and then you can't leave it. Verse thirty-four. You have to. You can't. It's kind of like the Passover. You can't leave it till. You can't just leave it out to the next morning. This is special food. It's holy. You can't just treat it like normal food. Yeah, you know? it's holy. Okay, so if any of the flesh from the 
consecrations or from the bread remain until morning then you shall burn the remainder with fire it shall not be eaten because it is holy so the food yeah. is holy food is holy yep yeah thus you shall do aaron and his sons according to all that i commanded you you shall consecrate them for seven days every day you should must offer a bull as a sin offering for atonement and you must cleanse the altar when you make atonement for it you must anoint it to consecrate it for seven days you must make atonement for the altar and consecrate it and the altar must well the altar will be most holy and whatever touches the altar will be holy now i think i think what that means the very last part whatever touches the altar will be holy it doesn't mean that it mean it means you can only put holy things on the altar. It's not like you put an unholy thing on the altar and, and it suddenly becomes holy. I think it's whatever touches the altar must be holy. I think that's a better that's kind of what that means. Whatever okay. touches the altar mu must be holy before it touches the altar. But it's oh. a different way of saying the same thing. Um, in so that they have to do that every day for seven days not every day forever just for seven days oh, for seven days okay yeah yeah the daily uh, offerings yeah now this is the daily offerings forever for like thousands for like a th for like 1500 years <laughs> although they did they didn't do they did stop doing this at sometimes but uh this is this um, is what they were supposed to do every day this is what you are to offer on the altar two one year old lambs every day continually the one lamb you must offer in the morning and the other lamb must offer at sundown. With The first lamb will be one-tenth of an ephah of flour mingled with the four parts of hen of beaten oil and the fourth part of hen of wine or a drink offering. The other lamb you must offer at sundown and must offer with it the same grain offering and the same drink offering as in the morning for a soothing aroma aroma and offering made by fire to the lord so he's having a big feast right here he's getting bread wine and meat lamb yeah. morning and evening yeah. Yeah. Um, this will be continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tent of the meeting before the lord where i will meet you to speak to you there i will meet there with the children of israel it will be consecrated by my glory so i think when he says continual offering i think it only means so long the lord is there in this tent yeah yeah that's the whole point of doing all the offerings is to cleanse people so they can they, it, it's like they have to deca decontaminate the people to be in the presence of god <laughs> right it's a decontamination kind of it lysol. Just put it simply. Yeah, yeah it's lysol. It's uh, that's what the blood is. It's it's all because uh, because the presence of God is going to be there in the tabernacle. If not, then they don't need to do any of this stuff. My point was that after the tent was no longer there and God left that tent. Yeah, they they didn't need offering, to do it anymore, really. Yeah, well, it stopped <laughs> then, right? Wouldn't they have stopped then? When it, well, happened? well, they should have. No, they kept it going because that was their religion at that point. No, that part um, I get, but I mean, this statue it, that God keeps talking about, the continual Yeah, yeah. God God basically kind of divorced them or left. He, he left, like, I think it's in Ezekiel, right, where God le leaves the temple. And then, yeah. then later on, you know, in 70 AD, that was the judgment of God. That yeah, was what that, Jesus when, talks when about that. When did the tent go away? When did this tabernacle 
went away. That, um, well, well, they built the the temple, Solomon's temple. Eventually, they replaced this with the the temple God made in, of stone. Was that in the holy, yeah, holy he world? was God was in that Solomon temple. Okay, so whenever that got destroyed, and there were no more temple. Well, the presence of God left the temple before the uh, before the destruction of the temple because because they were bringing in the transvestites into the temple <laughs> and and offering things to the other gods and stuff. Oh yeah, that's what it says. We're going to see that in the prophets. They were they, they were defiling the temple. Well, all kinds of sin was defiling the temple. It wasn't at the temple. Just, they're in the temple yeah. itself. I mean, like in, in the presence in of other gods. gods. They were yeah, yeah, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And they were no longer yeah. sacrificing the animals the same way as atonement for their sin. God left them, Obedient. but then he came back. He came back in the form of Jesus, right? He came back. Yeah. And then they killed him. Then they killed him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That's, I guess, we're so. just. The worst of the worst. Um, okay. So I will sanctify the tent of the meeting in the altar, and I will also sanctify both Aaron and his sons to minister as priests to me. I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. Then they mm. will know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, so that I may dwell among them, and I am the Lord, their God. See, that's the whole point right there. That, that that sums up everything we just read, and also uh, I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will be their God. That's what He wants to do. That's the Garden of Eden. That's the end of Revelation, and um, oh. so, then they will know that I'm the Lord their God. See, they kind of they know they know that Yahweh brought them out of Egypt. They know that because they experienced it, but I don't think they know at this point how that he's the creator of the world necessarily or the god of gods the king of kings that kind of stuff you know they they might they may just think he's another or they they think they have to relate to him because because while moses is tell, being taught how to worship god the israelites are at the same time building they're they're, they, they're trying to worship god the same way everyone else worships their gods in the polytheistic world right because they they don't know how to worship God yet. No, the Israelites. They're, they're not getting to. this information right here yet. Not right away, but it's not that long. It's not like it's twenty years later or. No, no, but all this stuff we're reading from from chapter yeah. twenty five to thirty one. That's God speaking to Moses. The Israelites right. are not hearing this yet. But we haven't gotten to the point where. They what they heard and what, why they rejected it. They haven't. No, this is this is Moses on top of Mount Sinai right now. Yeah, that's what we're reading. Right. So the Israelites, at the same time this is happening, the Israelites are are you already making a, the golden calf. You would make a great lawyer for the Israelites to defend them. I'm not. No, I'm not defending them. I'm saying this is human nature. This they're yeah. slaves to sin. They're slaves to sin. And the only way out of this precarious situation was is the blood of Christ, which they hadn't had. Yeah. They don't have yet, right? Right. This is showing us the depravity of human nature. Like the, this is diagnosing the the sickness of the human heart. I think it's showing right. us the, the, the situation. They are always rejecting God. That's essentially yeah. what it is. But that's baked into human nature. I think. Yep. 
that's original sin, you know, that that's that's showing us how serious of a condition we're in. And, and only the death of Christ can save us from this situation. The, the blood of all the animals can't do it. It doesn't, t- it, it forgives sin, but it doesn't take away sin. We need to no, cleanse our hearts. It's also the point, the destruction of what it meant, because that also meant people were going to kill God. You know, they were going to sacrifice God. And yeah. that was all from the sinful nature, right? And again, just showing the depravity of human beings is they, you know, God showed up in human form and they killed him. But yet, you know, God did that. God knew that would happen. And he still, he, you know, he he made a promise to Abraham and, and he has to show the world that he's a, uh, a loving God, you know. A just God. Uh, a just God. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Um, well, I'm glad I didn't have to go through all that stuff in the wilderness with them. We could just now accept it. Well, we're kind uh, of in it. We're in it. We're in our own type of wilderness now. I think for the last two thousand years, I think it's been a different. Yeah. Because I think the ex the second exodus was the cross. Yeah. And then after that, we're kind of uh, you know in the wilderness. We're kind of. Uh, in between the first and second coming of Christ. So some things have begun. The The law is to a certain extent written on our hearts, but yet we're not perfect yet either, right? It's that kind of well, uh, but we're made righteous stage. in Christ. Yeah, we're declared Heartless, righteous. And we don't exactly. have to go through all that ritualistic stuff. Um, yeah, Christ fulfilled all that stuff. He yeah. fulfilled all of, all of that stuff. Chapter 30, Altar of incense. <laughs> we're going to do 30 and 31. Making you read a lot, huh? <laughs> we're doing 30 and 31 today as well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't remember now. We had to do four. How many do we do? Yeah, 28, 29, 30, 31. Because okay. 32 is the golden calf thing. And that kind of deserves its own separate. Okay. All right. Also, you must make an altar for burning incense. You must take it of acacia wood. It must be a cubit in length and with a cubit. And it will be square. Its height will be two cubits. The horn shall be one piece with it. You must overlay it with pure gold. Its top, its side, all around its horns. And you should must, must make a molding of gold all around it. You must make two golden rings for it is molding, for it under its molding. You must make them on its two sides, on opposite sides of it, and they will be holders for the poles which to carry it. What are they making? Altar of incense. Oh. Then you must make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You must put it before the veil that is by the Ark of the Testimony in front of the mercy seat, and it's over the testimony where I will meet you. You know how you were talking about that the Ark is no longer going to exist? It's always saying it's the Ark of Testimony, which is never going to go away, ever. So it will come back. Well, no, the, I mean, I'm saying the that physical object, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of uh, the Ark. Well, nobody knows where it is right now, and yeah. like, although there there are some Ethiopians who claim it's in some church there, but uh, I don't. I mean, I think it's going to come back at the very end when God is. I don't. Ready. I don't think it's necessary. I think Jesus has fulfilled it. I think I think the ark, the ark represents the human heart, and so the Ten Commandments, the the law, right? The law is written on tablets of stone in the ark, which is kind of like a foreshadowing of 
the law will now be written on our hearts. So yeah, it's here in our hearts. Fine, our hearts are the ark. The human yeah. heart is the ark. And, and we are the temple, right? We're the temple we of God it. now. So the ark is that. our heart. That's my Yeah, but this theory. is something God made with great workmanship, great detail, and he put Same with it the temple. Handiwork. Temple, temple yeah, was this destroyed. Is this is like, <laughs> this is his keepsake box. He's not gonna like you destroy. Donate it. Uh, we don't need it. But this is a this is a physical representation. But now the real deal. Something that he's just gonna say, "Oh, I don't need this it." This is a shadow of things to come. No, no, no. It's, it's we have a greater no. arc now. We have a better arc. We because yeah, the arc arc was still the 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 ten commandments were hidden in the oh, arc. There was still a. It was like a barrier between God and man. Still, only the high priest. Now but Jesus has entered the, the holy of holies of the ark or the word. What I'm saying is, this is a keepsake box. He's not going to get rid of it. That's his thing. He's going to bring it out. Someday. I think he deliberately got rid of it because we don't need oh, no. it anymore. And Jesus, Jesus is the ark, basically, more or less, right? Or, or Jesus, oh, yeah, sure, Jesus but... went into the real temple in heaven, the holy of holies, and Jesus is the mercy seat. Jesus is the one who makes atonement. We don't need the ark. I think that's the whole point. This is this was a training ark? wheels. This is it's all training wheels. He's not. I guarantee it's going to show up. But let's just—it's going to show up later. I don't think it will. Well, let's see. Well, let's do it. Want to bet on it? About it? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Well, let's dare to bet. I don't know. <laughs> we could bet. A I don't think it will be. It's. I, I think. It, I think the danger is that there'll be an imitation. That you know, there'll be a deception involved. Well, I'm not saying it'll be um, by humans. I'm saying guys. We don't. I don't. This. But but if there's an ark, don't doesn't the ark need to be in a temple then? So. Uh, do you yeah, believe there'll the be a third temple? The new Jerusalem will have this ark, guaranteed. No, no, we don't need it because it's in, uh, it's in our. We, we don't have a direct need connection any of with this. God. We don't, yeah, we don't yeah. need any of it. It's all gone. It's all finished. But that's His testimony. No, no, no. That's His testimony. Just like the no, word. the ark is no, the ark is not the testimony. The testimony is the Ten Commandments that are in the ark. Yeah, that whole keepsake box with the man. The box is not nothing. The 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 Ten Commandments are written on a tablet of stone. Well, the box is not the, nothing. He's got two boxes just a box. protecting that thing. It's not just a box. He put great care. What is it protect? What is the, what is he protecting? That's what's important. And the, the thing that it's protecting. Wait, wait, let me finish. The the thing that's being protected are the Ten Commandments, the covenant. That those well, Ten Commandments are now written on our hearts. I get all that. I get. We don't the, need the box. I, this is the box. Our bodies are the box. <laughs> well, the box is just a keepsake box, which, like he, it's going been destroyed. To it's it. gone. All right. Well, I bet you a flower that it's not going to be gone. But we'll come back to that. Uh, Aaron must burn sweet incense on it every morning when he trims the lamps. He must burn incense. When Aaron lights the lamps at sundown, he must burn incense on it. It is a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generation. So maybe that's why they were carrying around that incense lamp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, although I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Did we see anything yet about that little bowl? And in, I mean, is that what? I don't think. I haven't seen it yet, but they. This is the altar of it. incense, but. Yeah, we'll see if if that's how biblical that really is or not. Um, you mean the perpetual bowl? incense, the bowl that the priest is carrying around? I didn't see that yet. That I didn't notice it. Did I you? Didn't either. 
But maybe it'll come up later on. Maybe later on we'll hear something about it. You know, incense is in Revelation too, right? It kind of represents the prayer. Oh, which God says He hates the smell of incense. All later on. Oh, really? Um, well, no. Well, there because it was insincere. It was fake, and it was like yeah, um, they were just going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah, he said, I can't stand the stench of one more. <laughs> of your incense, because you guys are just, uh, they're misusing it. Oh, no, yeah. whatever they were burning, they he hated it. Um, he hated it because of because they were sinning so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Same with I the sacrifice. He hates the sacrifice, too. He hates all these sacrifices, actually. Especially when they, and it's just going through the religious motions, you know, that's what he hates. So oh, it's the gonna be, altar of yeah. incense is actually in chapter 30, that's, we're just reading now. Yeah, so that's what that's what we're reading line. about. Yeah. You must offer no strange incense on it, no burnt sacrifice, no grain offerings, and you must not pour out a drink offering on it. Aaron must make atonement for his horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year, you must make an atonement on it throughout your generation. It is most holy to the Lord. Uh, you got to clean. Yeah, they got to cleanse. They have to cleanse the um, the the altars as well. You know, to purify, to decontaminate the altars, the physical objects in the tabernacle, they had to be washed and cleansed, ritually cleansed and purified as well. Power washer. All right, the atonement, atonement money, that's interesting. There's different uh, headings you're going to see, but I like that one. That's a good one. That's probably uh, pretty accurate, actually. The atonement money. This is Now, this is really interesting here. That we're going to uh, see. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, When you take census of the children of Israel according to their number, then each man is to pay a ransom for his life to the Lord when you count them, so that there will be no plague among them when you number them. Hmm. So they're supposed to pay money? Well. Um, as a ransom. Uh yeah, ransom. So basically what's happening here, a census, the reason they took a census was only to prepare for war. A census was really the, uh, uh, what do we call that when when you like have to be enlisted into the army? Draft. Um, draft. It's like a draft, basically. A census yeah. is like a draft. So that's why, remember King David got in trouble for doing an unauthorized census? Later yeah. on, um, because he wanted to invade some other land that God had not told him to invade, that was outside of the promised land. And so that sense, yeah, of, you know, you could almost use the word draft for military. It's a military draft. That's really what right it is. Here, this is not what it's about military draft, though. No, that's that's about what a census. That's the, for their well, you haven't finished it. Or? You haven't finished it. You haven't finished mm -hmm. it. But no, I'm saying that's the only reason they ever took a census, though. That's what a census is. Mm -hmm. A census is not a census like we do today, just to count the number of people. A census, mm -hmm. the purpose of a census all the time is either, there's two reasons. One is to pay tax, which they kind of do here, but also to mainly to create an army before the and they were going to see that over and over again so that's the, what does the census mean it means preparing to go to war okay but in that's this what it means that's context that's context for what we're about to read we haven't even read this yet so let's read it first read the whole passage and then we'll talk all about right it. uh okay so i'll start from the beginning the lord spoke to Moses saying when you take census of the children of israel according to their number 
and each man is to pay a ransom for his life to the Lord when you count them, so that there be no plague among them when you number them. This is what everyone who is counted must give, a half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is twenty geras. The half a shekel will be offering to the Lord. Everyone who is counted for, from twenty years old and above must give an offering to the Lord. The rich must not give more than the poor and and not give less than half a shekel when they give the offering to the Lord to make atonement for your lives. You must take an atonement money of the children of Israel and give it for service of the tent of meeting so that it may be a memorial to the children of Israel before the Lord to make atonement for your lives. Basically like a sacrifice, instead of sacrificing your animals, because a lot of the animals that were sacrificed were animals that people were taking care of right that they could have sold or eaten themselves but instead they sacrifice it. no it's no. a sacrifice of money no this it's is a sacrifice or all like a tax. This is, about is that jesus paid our ransom yeah so it, it's exactly we, yes we had a bounty on each person that's true today too every person has a bounty on there for their life and for them, they were paying ransom to God because ultimately God is saying that Jesus, when he comes on earth, he's taken all that ransom for us because our life is paid for by the death of Jesus, right? So this is just teaching them early on that your life mm. is paid for or is ransom. Uh, and then they have to provide money to God mm their value of each person and that's why they're counting them and it says for doing that you know that they're not going to have any plagues if they all gave in if they gave a shekel or half a shekel for their worth of their life to god so this has nothing to do with creating armies or any of that stuff no that's right what now. a census is that they're it's a oh, yeah. the, the israelites are an army yeah but this two paragraphs or this section here it's more about having to pay the ransom than anything else oh, it's related it's a related thing because um yeah it's but that's i mean what i'm saying the title it's is atonement money which means they're that's not in the original money. bible no it, it is it's pointing to christ uh christ, they, they use the same term they christ ransomed us Right, mm -hmm. the word ransom is in the new testament or redeem ransom so that's all this is saying here that the all the Israelites had to pay a ransom for their lives, just like Jesus paid our ransom. Yeah, but it's like a sacrifice, too. It's sacrificing the money instead of well, an animal. I don't know if it has anything to do with sacrificing. It's just putting I a value. So. It's valuing each person that they're worth that shekel. Uh, they have to pay for their life because God saved them. God gave them life, so they have to give them God money. Um, yeah, God owns them. Everything belongs right. to God, um, so they do have to. Um, it's like a. It's like a. I mean, other 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 uh, translations will call it a census tax. The heading. Well, it's sort of a tax because that's what they but do today, what, right? Here's the we thing. So why did the what my point I was making is the census is taken before they go to war, so they're getting ready to uh, invade or enter the promised land, right? Which they haven't done yet. That's that's what they're getting ready to do. So, and they've and they've already told us when they left Egypt, God calls them an army. Well, that might come in later. I just don't think that no, is. No, they're an army. They're always an army. 
Yeah. But not everyone's going to fight. You know, the women and children are, are not soldiers. But that's why later on we're going to see David takes a census uh, without God's uh, telling him to do it, and he gets in trouble. And a plague mm-hmm. comes upon them, in fact, because he uh, doesn't do it according to God's will. He's creating an army, or he's preparing for battle, but and, he, and he takes a census. So a census in the ancient world was only done to prepare for battle or for taxation. And well, they're related, actually. They're related. That's fine. So, but anyway. here... It's just making everybody pay. I guess the early tax, in a way. But it's really about ransom, which is the whole story of what Jesus did on the cross. And that's the yeah, whole, they use the same exact the word, ransom. Yeah. Okay. So the bronze basin. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, you must also make a basin of bronze, which is base also of bronze for washing. And you must put it between the tent of the meeting and the altar. You must put water in it. For Aaron and his sons must wash their hands and their feet from it when you, they go into the tent of a meeting or when they come near the altar to minister by burning incense as an offering by fire to the Lord, they must wash with water so they will not die. So they must wash their hands and their feet so they will not die and it will be a perpetual statue for them even to him and his seed throughout their generations. So they have to wash their hands and feet before they enter the tent, or they'll die. And now the anointing oil. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take yourselves choice spices, 500 shekels of pure mirth, half as much sweet smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekels of the sanctuary and a hint of olive oil. And you must make it with the holy anointing oil, a perfume compound. The work of a perfumer will be a holy anointing oil. And you must anoint the tent of the meeting with it, along with the ark of testimony and the table of his utensils and the lampstand and his utensils and the altar of the incense, the altar of the burnt offering with the utensils, the basin and his stand. You must consecrate them so that they may be most holy, whatever touches them must be holy. You must anoint Aaron and his sons and his, consecrate them so they may minister as priests to me. You must speak to the children of Israel saying, I will be holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. Or this will be holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. It must not be poured out on anyone's body, nor shall you make any other like it composition it is holy and it will be holy to you whoever makes anything like it or whoever puts any of it on the layman to be cut off from the people so this for the uh, high priest and i think it has a special mix of how they make this perfume that nobody else could copy or the uh, levite priest i guess not not just the high priest it looks like but any um, any priest and the other thing was the all these things cost a bunch of shekels. Um, so I think that was part of collecting the money right before that to make this anointing oil. Yeah. Because they had to take all these. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for all the uh, temples and all that stuff, it's a lot of money to uh, maintain. 
yeah. um, all that stuff. A lot of money going into all these sacrifices and all the create making the temple and the clothing and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the incense. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Take yourself sweet spices, stockti. How do you say those words? Now I'm getting kind of tired. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I've never seen those words in my life. I think they just made them up. Look <laughs> at. <laughs> Stacti, Anoka, Kolbanum. You guys can figure it out when you read it. Uh, sweet spices with pure frankincense of equal amounts. You shall make of these an incense, a compound of expertly blended, mingled with salt and pure and holy. You must beat some of it with very fine and put part of it before the testimony in the tent of the meeting where I will meet with you see before the testimony that's the ark because the ark is already sealed up so they have to put the stuff on the ark it will be most holy to you as for the perfume you will make you will make it for yourself using the same recipe it must be holy for the lord to you whoever makes anything like it in order to use it as perfume must be cut off from his people so god has a special brand of perfume Do yeah you it's the holy last chapter now i know i can uh, appreciate all the reading you do <laughs> yeah i mean four chapters is a lot for uh you know <laughs> the next one leviticus is uh, has pretty short chapters and it's only i think about 16 chapters or so so or whatever yeah, it is can't uh, wait. A there's a little book. break in the few yeah. books all right exodus 31 the tabernacle artisans now the lord spoke to moses saying see i have called by name Bezalel, Bezalel, and the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom. So again, we saw that before, right? In mm -hmm. understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of craftsmanship. So again, I think, you know, the spirit of God that allows these people to uh, do this work for God, right? It's not just um, this emotional feeling of, oh, God, I'm so happy. You know, it's like uh -huh. there's a purpose to it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and it says that he gave them these gifts to work with gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting, and all that stuff. That's yeah. what, exactly what I was thinking earlier before I even realized yeah. that it. Yeah, or, or these days people might have a, uh, the Spirit of God to help them uh, music or teaching or uh, preaching, whatever. It's the wisdom. It's the wisdom that we get, um, yeah. whatever we're doing. But they still have to like physically learn how to work with the tools and physically do the work and, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it'll come easy to them, kind of like what you said with your brother that he knew. Yeah, like guitar came easy to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but he that wisdom was downloaded to him, so he knew yeah. how to do it right away, right? Yeah. Where you and I would not know what to do. Like for him, the garage is always the most important part of the house. Yeah, <laughs> and for me, my studio is the most important part of the house. Yeah, it's 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 holy. It's it's holy. It's well, uh, that's it's where your wisdom lies. Is the yeah. work you're doing? Yeah. So, in understanding and knowledge, and in all manner of craftsmanship, to devise artistic works for work with gold. Well, it is. It says artistic works, right? There it is, right there. Yeah. So is our is our our. Is devising artistic works bad? No. No. <laughs> that answers our question right there, doesn't it? What do you mean, though? Like, who says it's bad, though? 
devising. A lot of people, they, they say you cannot make images of anything in oh, heaven. I see. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but here it says it's okay. Devise artistic designs if it's coming from God, from the Spirit of God. So yeah. people have this talent to do these things. And the things they're going to devise for this tabernacle are, I mean, this is the replica of a temple in heaven, right? The and they're making heaven. all these things for the purposes of being consecrated and holy. They're not. For, yeah. They're worship. not doing it to like some other reason. There's a purpose. Yeah, but if you build a, a Buddhist temple to worship Buddha, then that's yeah. not good, right? That's that's no, bad because you're worshiping idolatry. an idol. Yeah, that's idolatry. This is this is making it heavenly images and artwork to worship God, and that's okay. Yeah, that's good. and I like that because that means whoever's actually working for God in whatever profession, that's all related to the wisdom and craftsmanship that they're given. But yeah. those that are not in God and making all these things and whatever works that they're doing, they're actually worshiping uh, Satan in a way, the idolatry. Everything they do, like if they're, let's say they're a doctor with a wrong side, they that's not good for them. But the doctor who does it for God's side, yeah, wisdom for him. Yeah, whatever we do, do it for God, right? But if yeah. you're doing everything for a different God, then you could be doing the same thing. But if you're doing it to a different yeah. God, that's then then it's. Uh, and that's yeah. why everything looks so confusing and mixed up because their talents on both sides. It just depends on who's. Yeah, yeah. So art doing. is not bad. Music is not bad. Yeah. Even even you could say movies not bad. That's just not another. Bad, that's theater. Except, yeah. I mean. They do theatrical kind of stuff actually in the Bible. They don't really call it theater necessarily, but they, you know, they they act out certain things and they like King David was was criticized for, you know, playing music and dancing and singing. Yeah. But he kind of brought he wrote the Psalms, which are mainly songs. You know. Yeah, and, it actually uh, makes me feel good about what I wanted to do with the creative stuff because I was kind of wondering if that but here it says if you're doing it for God, then it's all yeah. good. Yeah, and maybe God's given you a, a gift. Yeah. Every Christian has a gift to do something for God. Right. That's, I mean, that's what it says, right? So anyway, um, in the cutting of stones for settings and in carving of wood to work in all manner of craftsmanship, I indeed, I have given him Oholiab, the son of <laughs> Ahi Samak of the tribe of Dan, and I have given skill to all who are specially skilled. See, all these gifts come from God, and God created us, right? Yeah. He didn't create create us to be stupid <laughs> oh. or useless. Yeah. He created us yeah. for a purpose, and we sometimes we don't know what that purpose is, and we have to figure it out, you know? Um, well, I guess whatever you're gifted to do that you're doing, as long as yeah. it's one, then it's all good. So I'm glad I dodged a bullet on that one. It has some other names in here that I would not have pronounced. Well, I'm not pronouncing them right, but I'm getting through it at least. <laughs> and I have given problem. skill to all who are... I, look at this right here. I have given skill to all who are especially skilled. Yeah. At, uh, in fact, I'm going to uh, highlight that. Um that they may make everything that I have commanded you. See, God God wants to build his house, but he also has to provide the skilled people to do it. But he's not doing it himself directly, but he's kind of working with the people. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he downloaded all those wisdom, knowledge, whatever you want to call it, skills into them as soon as they were ready to work for God. 
in the wilderness. I don't think well, they or or even before they were born. Who knows when they were born? You never know, right? Yeah, um, that's fine. Maybe. They they could have had it in them, you know. Like a lot of people are working in jobs that it's not really meant for, but they just do it to get a paycheck. I've done yeah, it most of my life. I've, I've, I've done that. <laughs> yeah. So you're not actually kind of using the real gifts that you're born with internally, right? That's a drag, actually. It's funny because you can make all the money, but you'd be miserable. You know, exactly. I, I knew a guy, I knew this guy, just a little anecdote. I knew a guy who made $10 million in, what, wow. in that year. He was a hedge fund manager. And, and he and he told me, he came to me for help one day. He said, uh, dude, he said, I made $10 million this year and I'm suicidal. Wow. He was suicidal, even though he had just made $10 million that year. Yeah, because so, money yeah. is not, <laughs> that, if that's not who you're born to be, then, you know, but that happens because people choose money over their real talents and skills. Because sometimes that doesn't materialize right away. And sometimes you got to struggle. To even use your skills say a lot of the creative stuff you, you actually brought that out by doing this podcast because I, I wasn't making all that artwork before you know I, I've, I've always done a little bit here and there but nothing it was always in passing now i'm doing it constantly so it's just i think the talent just emerges when you're ready for the right time yeah yeah, and I'm I'm having a blast uh, playing music at church. We're, we're getting pretty yeah. good, actually. I played a lot the last this month. We played a lot. Which yeah, I never get to hear any of that music. Well, I'll see what I can do. You know, I mean, it's it's mainly the the moment. You know, it's it's live and it's yeah. worship music to be played at that moment. But um, did anybody record it? I don't know. Maybe um, my my wife has taken a few cell phone videos here and there. I haven't watched them back yet, but. Uh, well, I can't. Anyway, and, and one more thing I was going to say about these these gifts that Christians get these days, and, and it's like it's like we're kind of turning the whole world into a, a temple, into God's kingdom, right? Yeah. As the the Great Commission, right? Go make disciples, teaching them all this stuff, and so we're given the gifts to kind of to kind of take to kind of take the world back from its fallen state. Generations, there's fill you know all these. Uh, believers throughout the generations have certain gifts to to do something to, uh, I think to help the expand the kingdom the of world, God. All the goodness and the beauty, the things that we actually enjoy, are probably God's people who did all that in conjunction with you know everybody else who has jobs too. But I really think without God's people on earth right now, it would have just went to hell right away. Like I think we're actually preventing it from accelerating as it would have been yeah yeah well it's like we're always trying to have justice but then you know most of the governments and power in this world is not based on justice right it's uh injustice and and but i think we are we are supposed to speak out about justice and stuff like that and everybody yeah. doing what they're supposed to be doing the righteous way then you just have yeah. to resist every like this entire time people could have just resisted and just said no like without even having to go to war. Because that because they're they're still in the uh, you know the fallen state. They 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 haven't been uh, redeemed. Well, making, they haven't been redeemed. <laughs> yeah, I think they're making the government their god. Um, yeah, it's idolatry. I think I, I mean idolatry is kind of the the heart yeah. of the problem, or the the the. They no longer listen to the voice of God, but now they're listening to people the telling beast. them one way or the other. Which is, yeah, it's wheat and tares growing together yeah. until the return of Jesus, right? So, uh, 
Anyway, let's I'll keep going here. The tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tent, table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, the woven garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister as priests, the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place. They must make them according to all that I have commanded you. It's a lot of stuff they got to make. It's like a huge yeah. industry. It's, it's an industry, you know? Yeah, it's a whole uh, new economy. Well, it's a whole new nation. But it's all these nations around them had the same thing, but it was for different gods. You know, look at these these temples they have in Asia, right? They're quite yeah. elaborate. And there's a lot of money. Thank it's a huge later. industry. The monks. No, they had them back then. The, the Canaanites had all this stuff. They had temples. They had gods. They had was elaborate and crafty. They had elaborate. Well, I mean, how do we know, right? Well, I think God is making a point here of all His holiness and the things that He's doing. I, I doubt that it was He was not copying it from. No, other He's not copying them, but uh, but they also yeah. have stuff like that. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not saying who copied who, but uh, no, no. But I mean, like the fine linen, the workmen of gold, and all this stuff. I don't think other He's like the real deal. Yeah, everything else is like a copy of this. Uh, yeah, and, and they, remember, this is a this is a replica or a copy of the what's going on in heaven, right? Yeah, As which is going to be awesome, says. right? It's going to have all this fine stuff, very yeah. luxurious. Well, it's coming to Earth ultimately. Hey. Yeah. All That's right. Fine. So the Sabbath law, last little bit here, I think. Uh, Sabbath law. Okay. So so now, see, so up till this point, chapter twenty-five to thirty-one has been about kind of uh, the tabernacle, or like making certain things, yeah. and also preparing certain people to worship God, to to dwell with God. And yeah. now we have a time. Now we're talking about when, or at least you know they worship every day, but it's. Now we're talking about a certain period of time or a, a weekly thing. Or churchly um, duties. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the Sabbath church. law, right? Yeah. So now, so like, why do they talk about the Sabbath now suddenly? Well, I think it just has to do with the, they're t you know, they're preparing everyone to dwell with God, and now they're talking yeah. about the Sabbath, which is part well, of. Well, the Sabbath is the day of rest. So when they're doing all this other work and sacrificing, um, let's see what they do on the Sabbath here. All right, so the Lord spoke. So Moses is still up there on top of the mountain, yeah, listening to God. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, You must surely keep my Sabbaths, for it is a sign. See, it's a sign, yeah. sign of the old covenant between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So it's a sign, well, which is good. sometimes a reminder, right? Yeah. Sanctifies you. So that's what he's done. This whole thing that we've just been reading is to sanctify them. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that what Jesus did to us? Sanctify us? No, he justified us. And sanctification is kind of a lifelong process. Justification is being declared righteous. Yeah. But we're not necessarily righteous yet at that time. You know what I mean? We still have the process problems. that they had to learn and do all these things is to process to sanctify to make holy yeah it means to make holy so who you cleanses you it's it's kind of in this context here it might be kind of similar he clean you know he's he's atoning for sins and uh 
is you know forgiveness of sins it's all it's all there really the same stuff jesus does for us but it's it's just not as uh, final and not as powerful and it didn't really change their hearts you know they uh, right well the only they, reason they had, they didn't because god didn't dwell in inside their heart yeah it's all kind of external but but the same concept of sanctification yeah. and grace is there as well yeah that never changed um, yes, yeah, a lot of Christians have this kind of false, uh, what's it called, the false dilemma of law versus grace. But mm -hmm. the law, the law came from grace, right? Well, the, the law was given as a gift to people to sanctify them. Yeah, well, nothing in the law was bad, right? So well, it's all good. It's it's all right. it's all good. It's but all I mean, to how to dwell with God to sanctify to God. people. It was given yeah. to sanctify them, make them pure and holy. It all points obey. to Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate uh, way to dwell with God. Right? Yeah. Um, so you shall keep the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who defiles it will surely be put to death. Because this is a sign that you're in covenant with God. And anyone who doesn't do it is is rebelling against the whole, against God. Right. Well, they're rejecting um, God just like they rejecting do. God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So everyone who defiles it will surely be put to death. That's pretty harsh. Yeah, yeah. But that's the judgment in the end too. Anyone yeah, yeah. Who defiles the holies of holy is going. And it's to not just. Um, it's not just making a mistake or something like no. that. It's it's someone who's rebelling against God. And saying, hey, I don't want anything to do with this God. Okay, well, you'll be put to death. Well, it also has something to do with defiling him, which I don't know how that would happen. But Well, it, said, what, for, well, it says in the next one, uh, you shall keep the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who defiles it will surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person will be cut off from among his people. Right. So doing any work yeah. on the Sabbath you'll be put to death. And we see that guy picking up sticks uh, at some point who actually is, is put to death. Six days may work be done, but on this, uh, but on the seventh is the Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day will surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel must keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign so there it again, it's a sign, right? And um, and now, you know, like for us today, the sign might be the uh, communion or baptism is kind of a sign as well. It is a yeah. sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day, he rested and it was refreshed. So it points back to the seventh day of creation. And it also points ahead to the uh, everlasting kingdom. I think he takes the Sabbath pretty seriously. Yeah. So I don't know if we can really just chuck it out and say. Well, I think the book of Hebrews, um, you know, I think maybe when we read Leviticus, we can jump, uh, look at the book of Hebrews a bit more. Because mm -hmm. that kind of explains the new covenant uh, relationship to the old covenant. Um, yeah, otherwise we're kind of not doing... Well, the point it was not oh, Jesus. necessarily yeah, yeah. the yeah the rest I get, but um, you know mo many times he has said it's uh, akin to the holy day, the seventh day that he made holy because 
that's the day that he it's a sign yeah dear it's a sign like this is before he didn't say it's a sign this is you know it's in the 10 it's in the 10 commandments as well right yeah Um, but it's the children of israel forever are we well the thing is the old covenant the old covenant actually was didn't last forever it was supposed to yeah but it's the it didn't, it's always the new and the old covenant um just read what this says though if we are now spiritual israel it's yeah yeah we, we keep israel the sabbath forever but it's not i don't, I don't think it's uh, we keep the sabbath but in a different way in a, in a higher it's a, like a higher level jesus took everything up I to the next think level God really has all these distinctions he just says don't do st- do stuff on the seventh day and it's forever. It's a forever covenant. Can you pick corn on the seventh day? Not according. Can you? Can you well, Jesus did that. Much like the manna, you know, you. Jesus did that. Jesus picked corn. The guy picked up sticks and was put to death, but Jesus picked an ear of corn, and he was okay, Jesus. Well, we'll have to keep this one in mind. Can, can you heal people? Can you heal people on the Sabbath? Sure. Well, the Jews but didn't think so. The Jews didn't think so. And dying, they right? they wanted they wanted uh, they wanted to put Jesus to death because he did things on the Sabbath. Because they didn't understand the spirit of exactly. Men. That's the thing. No, we have to we have to read the book of Hebrews to understand that. Um, let Let's finish off the whole thing here, verse eighteen. When he had made an end of communing with him on Mount Sinai. He gave Moses the two tablets of testimony, which are the Ten Commandments, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. God, God wrote it Himself. Yeah. that's fine. That's that's why the Ark is going to show up one day because He wrote it. It's a special. No, no, no. The, the Ark is the box. Yeah. <laughs> These two tablets of stone are they're they Moses he broke them in it. the next chapter. He Moses breaks them. Moses, Moses breaks them in the next chapter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well he doesn't he, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he see see right away right away they broke the covenant. Literally. I did, yeah. Right away. Right away. They broke all that stuff is broken. Yeah, I know. They messed it up from day from this first minute. But it remember the Israelites, right they're Israel. So everything we just read, the Israelites didn't hear any of that. Not yet, but they couldn't wait. He was only up for 40 days up on That's the a long time. They thought he was gone. They, they didn't know. It's a month and a half. They couldn't. They didn't know if he was coming back. There, there were slaves, and these people didn't know anything. They, were grow, yeah. they grew up in, in Egypt, in the polytheistic Fine. world. A month and a half, they didn't need to recreate a god. Like it wasn't they, 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 that's all they that's all they knew how to do. Like, how do you worship God? They didn't know how to do that yet. So, but they just oh, yeah. you worship God. You make an idol and out of gold, and you have a party and dance. And yeah, were, but God did all they these didn't miracles know. with Moses that let them out, and they couldn't wait. They weren't he, really told how to worship God yet, actually. Yeah, but they had to have some sort of trust after all of that effort that they made. But it, see, their the heart hadn't changed yet. The Ten Commandments were put in the box, but it wasn't put in this box. That's what the New Covenant does. Jeremiah 31, 31, I will make a new covenant, not like the old covenant I made with your fathers, those stupid Israelites in the desert. I'm not, (laughs) we have to make a whole new covenant because the first covenant, 
All right, just we can a say shadow of things to come. That they were just, you know, newbies, silly Israelites. But after they got the Ten Commandments, what's their excuse then? Well, they got the Ten Commandments. They got they got chapters twenty to twenty three. They all heard that God spoke it from the mountain, and every Israelite heard that. Oh well, there you go. Then then they don't have, don't have an excuse. But they know. didn't know how to worship God. Yeah, they were told not to make idols. Definitely. Yeah. So no, I'm not. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying the human heart is that corrupt. Yeah, could, it's, it's like so telling corrupt. someone to not don't smoke. You know, don't smoke. It wasn't just the golden calf that they were making. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff, like they did in the temples. With you know, they were yeah. having sex with each yeah. other. No, it's, it's like telling like, someone don't smoke. This is what it does to your lungs, and then they light up a cigarette right after that. Yeah. That's the human nature. We're depraved. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. Is I'm not making excuses for them. I'm. Just, it shows us. The depravity of man and the need for a a better sacrifice, a better high priest. You but know. God knew that already. That was his motions, plans. And, so. and I think that's one of the lessons we're supposed to learn from, from reading this. Is uh, It shows us human nature, how we're slaves to sin. That's what it says in the New Testament. We are. We're slaves to sin. It's not were. like these were just bad people and, ever, and they could have, if they would have just tried harder, it would have been okay. It's hopeless. It's a hopeless situation apart from the grace of God. Yes. And I I mean, put yourself there at that moment when you've seen all these things, you've done it, you've heard it, you saw the mountain, you know, light up and talked. Like at some point, isn't there any responsibility as humans to like, hey, like would you repent? They had to repent. They didn't repent. They Jesus came in person, and they killed him. Again, the, the depravity of the human heart, the depravity of man. God comes to them in the flesh, and they kill him. I don't think that's changed now. That's human nature. That's why we have to uh, every day. You know, we have to. Uh, you know, we're we're our own worst enemies, really. Yeah, ourselves. You know, um, so we, we're fighting against uh, ourselves. A lot of the time, because we right. live in a fallen world, that's why. yeah. We still have our fleshly body, or it's the spirit versus the flesh kind of thing. You know, we've been uh, our spirits have, can be regenerated, but our body has. We don't have new bodies yet. But also, we're fighting against dark powers and principalities and all mm. of that stuff. Yeah, they're always uh, deceiving us, and yeah, you know, we, we all grew up in this uh, basically a pagan culture, very similar to the Canaanites back then. You know. Well, idolatry. We live in a culture of idolatry, and well, many God of us was, grew up as idolaters. And I did myself too. Well, we all so, did. Uh, but I and, mean, you know, celebrating Christmas, Christmas, right? Easter eggs, yeah. all this stuff. We're doing the same I didn't stuff. Know. Nobody told me or others that this was not. We grew up in Egypt. We grew up as slaves in Egypt, just like these people. And then, then we, you know, then we. But now that God to, has taken you out. Are you yeah. going to go and do what the Israelites do after you realize that this is... I might be tempted to sometimes. Yeah. The enemy is going to try to drag me out there again, right? <laughs> the enemy, you know, yeah, we'll be tempted. that uh, They're trying to get us to worship that golden calf all the time. Yeah, and I guess sometimes we don't recognize what that golden calf looks like, that we yeah. end, end something. So we, in many ways, we are like these Israelites um, heading towards the promised land, right? The uh, yeah, 
the the new king the kingdom of god but we're uh, but we're still in this uh, you know there's still a lot of uh amalekites out there trying to deceive us yeah but that's why we choose god and get that knowledge to get out of it yeah okay today was a lot yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Nice. But uh, so next, uh, I don't know how much, you know, the thing is that chapter 32 is going to, you um, know, I mean, I would just say, just see how far we get, you know what I mean? Because 32 is a lot, or we could do 32 and 33. Uh, it's 30, 40 total. 34, three chapters. Okay, that might be. Uh, that's bad, right? Well, it's still a lot, but uh We'll see. Yeah. Then they talk about the Sabbath again. They yeah. talk about that. See, they, they all this stuff gets repeated, most of it at least, in uh, Leviticus and even Deuteronomy again. So yeah. um, any any unsolved riddles or questions we have, we can, uh, we'll be able to answer them again and look at them. Do you want to do a live podcast after the last Not one? really. No. <laughs> well, that was the whole point of getting these thousand subs so we could do the live show. You don't want to do that ever? Uh, I, I mean, we could try it, I guess. You know, <sighs> a Q&A. But the thing is, what they do is they, they ask questions that are sometimes unrelated or um, they ask all like the, the, the most difficult questions that no one has ever found an answer to that's why they're asking us because they don't know and nobody knows <laughs> and they ask us a kind of an unrelated question well, that's all right about. then you get aware of what people are thinking even if we can't yeah. answer we're not like skilled i mean i'm not skilled at any of this stuff we're just reading it's, well we, we're reading and commenting on it yeah but those comments are personal comments you know they, they can have their own comments as they read it um yeah. like we're not i'm not trained to teach anybody it's just mm. this podcast is really meant to expose people that may not know about god or all, all around the world and give them that perspective because like one of the first oh i should thank you for a couple of subscribers that donate which would be michael and louise and michael and some others have said that this helped them to understand what they know already a little bit better because we sit there and chat about it a lot and try to bring it into modern yeah. context. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's. I think there's a lot. It's not like we have all the answers or anything, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh, faulty information out there about the Bible. You know what I mean? Well, that, oh, well we know there yeah. is uh, false teaching, and we, I think we are trying to dispel some of that. That was my motivation, actually, because there's a lot of false teaching. There's a lot. And then especially about prophecy and all these stuff. And a lot of these, you know, the, the so-called people, all range of craziness. They talk a lot about God's stuff that it confuses a lot of people. Even me, if you don't read the Bible and you don't know it, you're going to easily get fall into those traps and you know, I was getting caught up in a lot of that stuff, too. And then, then I realized that doesn't make sense because ultimately when I read it, some of those memories do come back. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. So I wanted to make yeah. it 
Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning certain things. I've changed my. I've kind of changed uh, my view on a little bit on certain things. Um, not even related to what we've read, really, but just on other things. Just even the during the time, like we always have to be learning, right? Yeah. And willing to willing with an open mind, willing to change our mind. Yeah, we'll, I mean, you know, I just read it and then you know see yeah. what it says. Eventually, but, you'll come around to my way of thinking. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I might, I might do that because I'm not saying that I'm right, but I just think gut intuition on certain things it just doesn't make sense. No, can we can we close? You know, I I, I did a search yeah. on the word ransom, and there's uh, 25 references to it in the Bible, about five in the New Testament, but there's a, there's and they're all kind of similar, but there's one in Revelation five nine. Just to close with this, if you want, share, or do you Revelation want? probably uh just go to Revelation five if you want, but uh, sure. I only find uh, just to kind of connect it to Revelation a little bit. And uh, this this concept of ransom again, which is a pretty important point that you brought up. Okay, the scroll of the Lamb. Um, let's see. I wonder if we should read the whole thing. Let's just go. Well, let's go to uh, six. Let's just go to verse nine. I just I'm I don't have power to read. <laughs> um, there it is, verse nine. There before that little poem, and they sang a new song, saying, "You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals." Talking about Jesus, right? Um, and these are the you for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood right so there's the redemption word or ransom I actually you know in the ESV it says ransomed that's the word search I did but it, they use the word redeem in other translations it's pretty similar so yeah, the if you, redeeming concept is all yeah. throughout the Bible um, yeah. even the book of Ruth you know the redeemer was supposed to take the first crack at marrying Ruth mm. and the name was called the Redeemer. So, um, so that wow. concept was all throughout the Bible. So I, I want us to remember that as we continue reading this. And concept uh, yeah. I'll, and I'll read up to the end of uh, 10 as well. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation ha and have made us Kings and priests unto our God and we shall reign on the earth, right? See, that's the whole point. That's what's this this last sentence there. That's what's starting now. After the, in, in the book of Exodus, that's what God is creating, this nation of kings and priests. And it um, says, have made us kings and priests. So we are shall reign on the earth. getting trained as yeah. Aaron and his sons were. To be like Ad Adam and Eve, we're supposed to do this, really. Yeah, um, priests. And Noah and Abraham, all these people. Yeah, so it's it's kind of creating this. And then ultimately, it was, it was Jesus who really was the true son of God, the perfect human being, really. It, yeah. it, in the um, Kind of in the image of God. Jesus Christ was the image of God. And this and is we're what kind of supposed to be about but, the verse that we read about mm, uh, paying ransom, the shekel or whatever. This was it. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have to pay. We don't have to pay the shekel. Yeah. We don't pay anymore. <laughs> he just took that. He ransomed it us for. Mm. Yes. Otherwise, we would have to pay a price. And then would, what would yeah. you pay to re get redeemed? You know, it would be impossible. Mm. All right. So anyway. Well, thank you. And you have shared a lot. 
with this. Without you, this wouldn't even be possible. And I'm learning everything, even though I don't sound like you sometimes. But I do. I learn it. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, sometimes I just like to point out the uh, background context yeah. or something like that. And that's that's really yeah. all that is sometimes. It helps me, like, to... I'm always trying to, like, make it um, realistic so I can, like... Yeah. Like what was really going on, you know, like, like these are real people. We're, we're reading about real people at a real time and real place. Yeah. You know what I mean? And instead of just kind of like reading it, like it's a oh, story or something, you know, I'm like trying to put myself in their shoes and try to really understand the situation. Yeah. Um, which I'm not too know. good at because they annoy me. Well, it's just, that's just how I do it. Cause it helps me. It helps me understand it better. Oh, I, I know. Um, no, that part is good. Everything you say is good. Um, it's just some of those sticky things. Uh, you know, it's hard to know what really is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is the answer. I'm sometimes I'll I like to just say, hey, this is a debated issue. No. And just so people those sticky know about things it. are actually helpful though. Cause yeah, just so people know them. about them. You know, yeah. and there's there's still, you know, for two thousand years or even more, people have been uh, wondering, what does this mean, you know? <laughs> well, you heard that yeah. iron sharpens iron, right? I think yeah. so. A lot of it, we should be figuring out stuff. That yeah. Well, the key is, too, I have, there's a real problem now for me, like a church, is it's hard to get people to discuss things in a calm, rational way when people, you know, people get really upset, like the pre-trib rapture, for example, that's one issue. Yeah, people just go ballistic. One, if you question that, they just lose it. They because lose their mind. Think what happened <laughs> if that view went away. Think what would happen. They would actually might want to know God a little more and not just rely on being taken out, you know. Some you know, some I've been reading about that more. Some people call it heretical. Yeah, I'm sure I mean that. I I don't I, I kind of think it is. Are the cops showing up? You getting arrested? <laughs> Hang on. Where's oh. You breaking the law? It was a cop flashing at me at it. Was For what? Cop. Yeah. What did he say? I didn't. I think I heard... he wanted me to help him get in the building, but. Oh really? Yeah. Well, hopefully they they don't. Like uh, they're not the coming building. for you. Why they Why they ring your bell? Because I'm on the first. They're not ringing. They were. I'm on the first floor. Yeah. So I don't have uh, curtains or anything on my windows because I I never do them anyway. So they can see me. Like I'm right there where the cop is. <laughs> oh, so okay. Flashing. I'm like, what is this flashing? Because I can't see out, it's dark out, so I couldn't. Ah, uh, I see, I see. I was blinded by this flash, and then it, it was a cop flashing, but he was saying this, signaling. I'm like, what is he saying? But somebody let him in. Oh, that's good. Well, I don't wow. know what happened. You better you better shelter in place. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I lost yeah. my train of thought. All so right, yeah. Um, all right, well, we'll uh, see you next time. Yeah, and, uh, thank you. Looking forward to the next one about the... Uh, yeah, I'm Lord, actually excited Lord about Idol. the next book, uh, Leviticus. Is that what it is? Next one, yeah. Well, the next episode will be the chapter 32. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, but then after that, yeah, Leviticus will we'll be... be done uh, next week if we don't skip a day. Wednesday yeah. and Sunday will be done. And then the right. next week after that will be in Leviticus. And I actually can't wait to get into numbers because... Up until Leviticus, I have some memory of what's going on. After that, it fades out for a long time. 
so that'll be real learning for a, for me anyway. Yeah, it gets really interesting. Uh, yeah, Leviticus. A lot of you know, a lot of people. Um, I mean, even even the stuff in Leviticus, it's kind of begun already, right? We, the last half of Exodus is a lot like Leviticus with all the r- laws and all that stuff, the rituals, and that's. Uh, but I think it's it is important stuff for Christians to uh, look at. So many Christians will just ignore it, but it it all kind of points to Christ. Oh, it helps that. us understand. Uh, uh, Jesus. And I know and, we're uh, going to argue about some things over in that book, too, because I can already see that coming, because uh, I have a totally different perspective. Oh, really? It's ceremonial for me. I think it actually is meant to keep us healthy from a healthy perspective. But I get what you what you meant before. Oh, on certain certain things. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, I've, I'll approach it with an open mind and... Uh, <laughs> You know, well, we can, you know, at least we both, if we disagree, we d- both uh, share our view on it and let people decide out there. Yeah, you know I'm I mean? fine um, with that. I know there's both ways on that. It's fine. All right. All right. Have Thanks. a all good right. day and I'll have a good night. All righty. See you later. See you Bye. Next time. Bye.